3: Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but what? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> this is a fucking city, and nobody's going to dictate our freedom. Stay some.
4: All right, welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's Most Beloved Podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. We come to you live from uh, Los Angeles, California, or at least Jake and myself. Uh, Tyler is here. He's back. Pete's here. I am. Pete's here. I didn't think that uh, I didn't think we were going to get you because it's it's 837 here in la but it is it's 11 37 out there
0: on the east coast i told you i'm locked in hockey season's over my today was my last day of work for hockey season mm-hmm. so i am in fully in fully on board uh let's fucking go what a there terrible time for you to come back I mean, yeah I, s- no, I know Just, don't even say it yeah. now, everybody on the who listens to this fucking show is gonna be like.
4: Go away. We don't want you. Well, people, people just want any reason to to blame things that definitely don't have any say in whether the Red Sox are good or bad. Like, people are now blaming, like, June 28th. It's like, Dude, oh, you guys said you were gonna say it, and then you didn't say it, and they've sucked ever since then. And then they were blaming Steve. They're like, because you did say it, they started sucking. It's like, oh, well, Pete came back. Now they suck because Pete's back. It's like fucking Jake got a goldfish on June 29th, and that's really when the season started going downhill. People just want a reason. They want. To, they want to look up at the sky, and uh, they they want to blame a higher power because they can't process that maybe the Red Sox have some flaws, they would rather blame Pete for going on a podcast than look at the roster and be like, oh, this is why they're losing games. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, I think it's about time we can maybe go ahead and stamp this team as mediocre. At least (laughs) on my end. (laughs) Nobody? All right. I think this team is mediocre with a ceiling of pretty good
4: i think that they're better than mediocre by the way uh before we get sink our teeth into into the red Sox and everything the last episode uh pete and i want to address a few things um the listening audience there was mixed reviews about the last episode a lot of people were like oh it's not enough red sock there was There was just as much Red Sox talk if we just did an hour podcast. You got the same amount of Red Sox talk that you would have gotten otherwise. You just also got an additional hour and 20 minutes of (laughs) just random bullshit. Like we could have done an hour and 15 podcast with all Red Sox talk. You still got that hour 15. You just got a bonus hour of bullshit. And people were like, oh, there wasn't enough Red Sox talk. No, no, no. It was there. You just got a two and a half. Hour. Was it? How long is it? I think it was like two hours. Yeah, you got a two hour pod instead of like an, a buck fifteen,
0: and there was fifty minutes of bullshit in there. Uh, by the way, and when and when two thirds of the podcast or two thirds of like the not Jake, mm-hmm. I guess uh, is me and Pat, is you're probably not going to get a ton of analysis and uh, like back and forth banter about. The uh, the fancy stats of baseball. Yeah. Pete admittedly didn't didn't watch the game. Yeah. I
2: I can own it. Listen, as a 162 guy, Jared, Jake, uh, I'm part of that crew and I wasn't there on Sunday and I got to take responsibility for that. You know, that falls on me. I had some stuff going on. No, you um, d- deserved day off. Yeah, it, it happens. Do. You know what I mean. But at the end of the day, the podcast is the
0: podcast. So uh, I own, own that. I own that one. No, no, I think the o- I think the ownership has to go to the listeners for <laughs> seeing who is on the show for that episode and adjusting your expectations accordingly. And also, by the way, plenty of reactions to that episode saying, "Well." obviously it was a bunch of bullshit because they were fucking hammered they were just at the baseball game it was late sunday night like they had they were drinking all game no i was dead sober i was just fucking exhausted mm -hmm. so like it definitely did have drunk energy to it and i was like laughing my balls off at the uh the stupid prayer thing that kept coming up every 20 minutes but uh completely sober so it's very funny that early in the season there was an episode in which I was like blackout drunk and nobody noticed. Nobody <laughs> could tell. And then there was an episode in which I was stone cold sober and everybody thought that I was very drunk.
2: Yeah, this guy's trashed. I'll be honest. As someone who purely listened to a majority of that episode, I also thought you were completely fucked, Pete. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, I was 100% sure of
0: it. So I give. Well, you I was credit. like tripping over my sentences just because like my it brain was, was so fried and I couldn't think. Yeah. so I give you credit though. You battled through. It was a long weekend.
4: It was also awkward being in my living room. Yeah, true. It was, was awkward. It recorded
2: being... where we recorded, Jared? Right
4: in there? It's where we did the stream, yeah. Yeah. So we were just in my living room. And I mean, I can say this now because Pat's not here, but the sexual tension that was in the room <laughs> because Sandra was sitting next to me uh, in between me and Pat. Like, I'm, I was getting nervous. So it's just it's not it's not the same experience as being in the studio or now I'm getting used to just doing the podcast and hotel rooms with Jake. Uh, I feel like this has been two out of the last three weekends.
1: Yeah, Chicago. What Dallas. fucking
4: day is it? What what day is today?
1: Thursday. Thursday.
4: Thursday. Today's Thursday. OK. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're here for like the next six months. So <laughs> Get ready for six months worth of L.A uh podcast yeah we landed here today thursday and then w- we fly back to boston on wednesday so baseball is dead we'll be here and then
0: another fucking name redacted pod will be here in los angeles it's crazy it's crazy i think the best part of last uh last episode was just jared saying uh jake you're a big jesus guy right and his <laughs> response just being amen amen
4: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, he fucking loves Christ. And by the way, I almost got duped. I almost got duped big time. Uh, What was it? Tuesday night, I was at the garden and I got a DM on Instagram because I was telling the story about the Jesus guy outside Fenway that gives out the pamphlets. And I got an Instagram DM from someone pretending to be him and I bought it at first because the, the account had been created in like 2018. And it had pictures of him. And I was like, this is the Jesus guy. And then I looked at who they were following. And it was following like fucking these like big titty bitches from <laughs> Saugus. And I was like, this has to be They, like, He's like, yeah. Like I listened to the podcast and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I looked at who he was following. I was like, there's no way the Jesus guy is
0: following these these big titty bitches from SAGUS. There's no it way. It would be very funny though. It would, it would be, be would be very funny, number one, if the Jesus guy had an Instagram. Uh number two if he uh like listened to the podcast and number three was just love tits <laughs> yeah wait so that strictly ruled it out for you just because he's a titty guy yeah I, I mean, you could be like a follower of jesus but but also from saugus
4: from saugus come on jared are you from saugus yeah and i love big titties but okay i also at, who doesn't this see, is there's a lot of overlap here. I don't know. I didn't make it my. I I don't hand out pamphlets. I guess I do kind of make it my life. Have you with... ever?
0: Have you ever opened those pamphlets? Maybe there's just big tits <laughs> all inside there. Let me
4: see. He's this. This is uh. Who else do they follow?
0: Um, that that'd be incredible. if The Jesus guy was just handing out pamphlets every day for the last 15 years of just big tits. Yeah, they follow.
4: They follow. Uh, a couple big titty girls that i know uh yeah there's there's yeah they're all just like <laughs> yeah
2: so, i don't have a problem with this guy yeah i mean Not it'd it.
4: be great so he dm me, he said hello jared i never meant to scare you as a kid i just love god as much as you do i'm a big fan of the podcast and your admiration to the red sox and enjoy seeing you and everyone else going to the home games stay blessed Jared hashtag god loves you and you I respect, respect the on effort. this guy i don't i mean if you look at some of these accounts that he follows uh i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of sagas in here um i just don't i just don't buy it so I respect the effort
0: by this this dude
4: yeah you mean you got me there yeah yeah potentially i don't think he follows anyone that you gotta be you gotta at least have a d cup to be catch a follow from this guy (laughs) yeah so i don't know i i believed it for a second and uh it's not anymore I just accidentally look at some girl's fucking story because I was looking through the people that he follows and she follows me. So now she's going to be all excited that I looked at her story. You're a good guy. She, she well, may not care. She's definitely going to care. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> well, either way. Oh, the Red Talks got swept by the Tampa Bay <laughs> Rays. Good job, Jake. I mean, yeah, Jake thanks. nailed the prediction. What else do you want me to do? <laughs> I mean... Would you say it was the easiest sweep of all time to I predict? Said it feels
1: like a pretty run of the mill sweep.
4: Yeah, yeah. It, it was.
1: I mean, it, no. There.
4: I think the. I think the, the only positive, the only positive I think that you can take out of the series is that uh, Alex Cora just absolutely dunked on Chris Cotillo in this series. That was it. That was the Death only stare. moment that the Red Sox showed some fight in this series was when was when Alex Cora dunked on Chris Cattillo, uh after... Do we have that audio? Let me play that. Actually, can, can I connect? Yep.
0: All right, let me fucking connect to this thing here. Yeah, because I missed it, so I don't know what you're referring to, but oh. I'm very interested to hear it.
4: Oh. All right, let me
0: connect to the
4: the goddamn switchboard now that means that like any audio that gets played on my
0: phone is going to play on the podcast
4: I don't I, will, I, don't,
0: I don't remember <laughs> uh, I don't remember much from like the uh from the Lucky Strike night with with Pat and Jake and and uh you uh but not that I like blacked out or anything I was just fucking really tired uh but I all I remember is Katio showing up and just talking about how his doctor called him obese or something Oh, my God. Wait, who called who obese? I, Cotillo showed up at, at Lucky Strike and was just like, I'm obese. And he just kept saying like, I'm obese.
2: <laughs> well, he so is. There was something building up to this outburst. Yeah. This
0: uh, question. Uh, not, not for yes, what I. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Maybe some frustration, a tough week for Cotillo. His doctor set him up for failure. I, I don't want to throw
2: any shade because I'm also in this category. But uh, obese the ice cream. The ice cream
4: oh. is a
0: a concerning Jared, thing. Jared was like, "I'm also like technically obese."
4: I am really, yeah. For my height, six one, to be two thirty five, for sure. That's Accurate. obese. All right, here's the audio. It's a it's a it's a minute clip, but we can dance That's around it, I guess.
3: The things that we're not doing well, we're not playing good baseball right now. He's uh, pissed. A lot of mistakes, you know, and it's in games. And, uh, you know, we need to start playing better baseball if, if we want to be the team that we, we envision in, <clears throat> in spring training. During the season, Alex, what can you do to correct that? We're working, you know, we're working and we're talking. We talk about the plays, you know, but uh, there's a lot more parts. You can tell he's parts, pissed you know when what? he kind like of looks around the room while you're watch, talking. You know? and they have a lot of injuries and they keep playing, you know. They play 27 hours and they're playing good baseball and they're pitching and they're hustling, you know, and that's why they keep winning. You know, there's no surprise. It's not analytics or this and that. You know, it's like they play 27 outs. They play hard, you know. And, uh, you know, we when you see them on the other side, it's impressive what they're doing. You know, they got a lot of injuries too. And they're playing very, very hard.
4: Did you see that? That chick Molly was chirping me after the game today, being like you forgot to mention that we have 17 guys in the injured list and that's why we still swept you. You see that? It's a good point. FSU malls. You know who I'm talking about, Pete. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah she, she's like a big fucking race
0: fan. And I yeah, was big like... big Tampa sports gal. Yeah. Anyways. You
4: guys
3: were doing that yourself in June. Mm-hmm. And you guys were doing that in June. Do you, what you know? What do you think sort of changed with this team? All right. No.
4: Pete Abe just sounds like he masturbates to
0: anime porn. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he, doesn't he? it's i mean i was gonna say he sounds like he has like marbles in his mouth yeah no i went the anime route yeah okay i, don't I don't mean we had a great weekend like you
3: that. know I'm, I'm not gonna blast them you know but you gotta keep playing you know like i said nobody's gonna feel sorry for you for your injuries or who's playing whatever you gotta show up every day and you know we've been very sloppy lately
4: you know here comes fucking stupid ass this is the end of the clip here and he just comes in with this dumb fucking question and alex cora puts him in his place you gotta get
3: better
4: are you implying that you guys
3: aren't playing hard no i'm not implying
4: that i'm saying they're playing hard alex. <laughs> his fucking face you have to see the clip you have to see the clip to just see the the change in expression in alex cora's face he goes from like all right yeah you asked me the question i'm kind of answering a little bit and then fucking catillo are you implying that your players aren't playing hard and hit the change in alex cora's face is beyond noticeable I'm going to defend
0: my guy, Katillo here. Hold on, one more, time, that one, more time, one more time, one more time, one oh, more time, one
4: more time. We've been very
3: sloppy lately, you know, and we got to get better. You're implying that you guys aren't playing hard. No, I'm
4: not implying that. I'm saying they're playing hard. Alex. Oh, he, he, the way that he looked at him was kind of like a, like a, like a dad would look at their kid that they're just disgusting. Go, go to your fucking room. Go to your I, fucking
0: but room. But in defense of Coutillo, like, that's a question that you have to ask, because he just mentioned that they were playing hard. Like six times. Yeah, because it was obvious. He was sending a
2: message. Like it's just real. With Alex Cora, throughout last year, in those final two months of the season in August and September, things got as dark and as awful as you could have imagined. And he went to the media every night the same thing. I believe in this group. This group is putting their effort in, they're working, they're working, they're working. That was the first time I've seen this year and really in the last two years where Alex Cora made it clear. Because, listen, yeah, the Rays are playing hard. They have as many guys as you on the IL. They're coming off a sweep of the Reds. They show up here. Guess what? They don't flinch. They don't have Bobby Delbeck dropping pop-ups, looking pathetic at the plate as he has this entire season. No, it's just the reality. They don't have Franchi Cordero. You know, that whole play. Matt Strom. Great. The ball goes off your wrist. You stupidly throw the ball away. Stupidly. You were never going to get Taylor Walls on that play. The guy was at first base when you made the friggin' throw. Franchi Cordero bananas. chases the ball. It throws it. Run the fucking ball in. What is going on here? Like, the amount of stuff. Rob Snyder lobbing baseballs to the infield. Xander Bogarts letting it bounce and pop up in front of him. Letting it. Josh Lowe score from first base. Yeah, Alex Cora, Say that shit. Because this was as sloppy as sloppy gets. Bullpen blowing things. Defense, atrocious. You know, there were things, Trevor Story obviously not being around, but the the bats, the bats barely showed up in this series as well. Where are the excuses? I'm watching Francie Cordero
0: strike out on three pitches. How many times? How many times just, can you watch that? I just wish that Tyler would show some emotion yeah. once in a while. The, just, it's just, please uh, just like, I, sh- tell us, please, like how you really feel.
2: It, it's just, you get to a certain point where this series was, and they're so much better than this. And that's why, Pete, when you said the mediocre thing, they're better than a mediocre ball t- ball club. Because when you can go and say, hey, they add one more reliever and they add a first baseman and they'll be good to go. That's not a mediocre well, baseball team. Well, well
0: I'm, I'm saying they're a mediocre team with a ceiling of pretty good. And like when they're playing well, they're pretty good. I, I don't think I wouldn't put them above pretty good. The problem is, from what I've seen of this team, is that they'll have they're extremely streaky. Like they'll go on runs and then they'll shoot themselves in the fucking foot over and over and over again. And they lose games, which they shouldn't fucking lose. Like, they, it, to, like tonight was Thursday night's game. They were in control the entire fucking game until they weren't. And you can't lose those games. Like good teams don't lose those games.
2: Uh, and I would say I think they've won a lot of those games the last couple of months. And mm-hmm. I think the narrative that they can't beat good teams because they haven't beat the division isn't fair. You know, they showed up. They beat the Cardinals. Every, you know, the Guardians. We talked about the Guardians at that time. They were hell. They were, we were hot. here coming on. Yeah, we were crying on this podcast every single time we came on about them winning games. Everyone wanted to laugh when we said the Mariners were a hard team to beat. Look up. Look right up. They're above you now. The Mariners passed you, and of course, they had to come back tonight. I don't know if they finished it off, but they were up 6-5 at that point. Um, you You took that series twice against them. How did this winning streak start back in May? The Houston Astros. That's the second best team in the L. I just saw you take two out of four from the Yankees with a depleted squad.
4: They did You're win better by the than way. this.
2: They did win. Of course they did. Yeah. You're a better team than this. You're a better team than one that shows up to Tampa Bay and gets swept in four games that were really not super competitive. You know, the first game, you fought till the fifth, bullpen implodes. Game two, yeah, hard fought battle. You threw it away. Game three, Josh Minkowski gives you a fine start no one thought they were going to come back and win that game at any single point. I, I just, I think selling, putting this team and saying they're just mediocre, like it, it just feels like you're selling them short because I think they are a better team than the Tampa Bay Rays. And I think with the Blue Jays, I think they could go head to head. I think they can go head to head with the Yankees. Uh, I believe that this team is capable of that. I believe sure. that on Sunday, but I, I still believe it now. There's,
4: I, there's an alternate, not even an alternate universe. There is like Jake made this point Uh, when we were at dinner, realistically speaking, this is real life. The Red Sox could go into the all-star break in last place. (laughs) That's true. That could happen. The Orioles are a game and a half back of you going into play this weekend against the best team in baseball on the road. You're going on the road to play the Yankees. A team that I mean, uh, like I said, you know, those last two games, that's why I I agree with you that head to head, even no, take the whole four game series against the Yankees, because the first two games you get to Cole, you get to Nestor and then you win the next two. So Monday morning, if you ask me, can the Red Sox go head to head with the Yankees in a best of five, best of seven series? Absolutely. And then you go to Tampa and they beat you four straight. And it's not even that it's like, you know, you look at the box score and be like, wow, man, like the fucking Tampa Bay Rays, like they must be playing really good baseball right now. No, you're just playing awful baseball. You're playing bad baseball. They're not playing great baseball. The Red Sox are playing bad baseball. And you could see how frustrated Alex Cora was after the third loss. And then you have the situation. uh, Pick pick one. I mean, you could have if if I'm Alex Cora, who who prides himself on having his teams prepared and playing fundamentally sound baseball. How many different scenarios just in this series alone, Tyler? Just in this four game series alone against Tampa, how many would you say were would you slap the label unacceptable on them? How many are we talking about just in these four games?
2: At least four. You know, and we we went down the ref Snyder. Uh, The strong play, Bobby Delbick, pop-up play. Verdugo getting picked off at third. Verdugo, the ball popping out of his glove. Rafael Devers running to third base on the Francisco Mejia ball that Mm -hmm. bounced away with a bad back and still getting thrown out. Yeah. They're just every game. There's multiple. And let's be real. Go back to the Yankees series. This isn't something that started in the series. Watching Christian Arroyo panic for his life out there in right field. Franchi Cordero have his moment. Like It's just consistently. Bob dropped the ball at third base. Miserable. Yeah. Miserable. and he, He's dropping the ball everywhere. Uh, so is um, Franchi. I mean, Franchi
4: uh, can't even make the fucking routine plays.
2: No, I'm going to be real. Bobby Dalbeck's not making too many routine plays either these days. No. um, it, It's just bad baseball. And the reason why I'll sit here, and I'm going to tell you they're a better team than this, is because they can put together long stretches. I think in April we saw they were a considerably better team than what we thought. And I think right now you see a team that's injured. They're not healthy. They don't. They're looking like they just want to get to the all-star break. That's what I was gonna that, say. That's what it looks like.
4: Like I see a team <clears throat> that needs the all-star break. I, I don't see a mediocre team. I see a team that if this were basketball, we'd be calling timeout right now. Like we're we're that's getting it. fucking worked.
2: Call timeout. We need it, we need a breather here. Look at this series. You got three good starts. You it's not like you know, your pitching showed up. Chris Sale, we're gonna get into him. Did his damn job. Josh McKelsky did his job. Uh, Cutter Crawford did his job today. Like, and you know, the one game, this last one, I, I'm not gonna use injuries to excuse this series away. I think this is the one series where you no. can really sit there and start to say that. Um, but the last game, do I think Cutter Crawford's likely pitching the seventh if Matt Strom's healthy and not out? I, I we probably see Matt Strom. I think they're willing to go that way to secure the win. Um I th- think I
4: think Core is also a guy that. If you prove that you're worthy of seeing the next inning, then he'll give you a shot. It wasn't like it was a situation where it's fucking, you know, Pedro Martinez in the eighth inning and Grady Little going out there and be like, hey, hey, Cutter, hey, Cutter, man, can you give me fucking three more outs here? And then you leave him in the game. I mean, I, I think he deserved to at least start the inning. But yeah, no, to your point, I think Strom is in there. Uh, I mean, it's not like there aren't, aren't other bullpen options, though. No. I mean, Darwin's and Hernandez look pretty good.
2: Yeah, man. that that was encouraging, considering he's missed a lot of the year with a knee injury. The only reason I do say the Strom thing is because Cora said after the game we felt short in the bullpen. Yeah. Um, when they tried to push him, and I get it. You know, Strom's really been that bridge to Schreiber, and then Hulk, and that was the path they were trying to go. It, you know, it didn't work out in that way, and there was some. Listen, Schreiber, he's out there. Obviously, first hit it goes through the left side of the infield. The Yandy Diaz one. Fucking Throw your Yandy fucking hands Diaz, up, man. man! Like, what what are you gonna do? That was just a kick in the dick. Yeah, and then. The most heartbreaking part is just everyone knew how the ninth inning was going to go. <laughs> like Alex Verdugo, I thought off the bat, it was a tie game. Once it wasn't, I could have told you they weren't going to tie that thing up.
4: Yeah. 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 I mean, off the bat, it was uh, very similar to the swing that he took against Shane Bieber in Cleveland where that ball was absolutely torched. And <clears throat> did that did that tie the game or give them a lead at the time?
2: Uh, back in Cleveland? <clears throat>
4: yeah. Oh, I don't remember. It was it was important. I I, I think it might have been to either tie it or give it. I I know it was one of the two. Um, but yeah, I think Verdugo, it tied.
2: But I could be wrong.
4: Yeah, off the bat, it looked real good. Um, uh, I, I agree. The second that they scored, uh, this, they scored the fifth run to make it a one run game. I was like, that's how that's how this one ends. We're leaving the tying run at second base, and it's gonna be a kick in the dick loss. I mean you have a 3-0 lead late. It's not like the Tampa Bay Rays offense is some juggernaut offense that you're looking at 3-0 in the 7th being like, "Well, you know, we need to tack on some insurance run here." Like you can you can get away with 3 runs beating the Tampa Bay Rays. You can. But it it fell apart real quick.
2: Yeah, and I think the worst part about it all, it's like Cutter Crawford, man, this is his third start in a row. He's given you something really good and I, anybody I think who's followed the system would not have believed Cutter Crawford would be giving you this kind of stuff this year. It's clear he's taken another step forward. Um, so to waste performances like this, it's just right now, am I going to sit here on Twitter like some people and say, oh, this is proof the Red Sox are going to fall off? Da 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 da. Oh, we knew it was all fake. We knew the Red Sox weren't this good. No, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go and say that and kind of like jump off the bridge, but. I think you kind of look at it and you just say they need reinforcements. They need a spark. They need something. They need a boost. And I think it starts tomorrow. You get Evaldi and Whitlock back. Um, but I think it's fair to question. And I look at the team who just passed you. What's really led this spark for them? They went and got Carlos Santana. And, and they got in a fight. It, <laughs> yeah, that helped. As yeah, well. they got um, they,
4: they're basically on their run since they got in that fight and all the suspensions got handed out I mean, the Red yeah, Sox have not had any spark.
2: No, they haven't. And I, I think the spark, unfortunately, needs they need a boost. They need someone who can come in and give them some consistency at first base. The lineup just tonight that like last inning and watching how they had to go about it. But well, we're seeing Bobby Dalbeck come up in another big situation. You can't do that. You know, Kevin Puecki, Christian Vasquez, like when that's how you go down to end a game. How do you feel good? It just feels like the roster is extremely thin. And that happens when you have Trevor Story who can't play, you know, probably tomorrow either. It's just they, this roster needs some help. They need another arm and they need a first baseman. And I don't think you should sit there and wait until, you know, August 1st, right the day before the deadline, because realistically, as we saw, look how much has changed in five, six days.
0: Right. And, and it's like jumping the market always gives yourself an advantage a little bit, uh, especially when
2: you don't want to pay premium. Like jump
0: before the market explodes like it did last year. Jump the market. You're in a position to jump the market because you don't want to pay a premium, but also you very much know your weaknesses. And like a lot of these teams, they, they figure out their weaknesses as the season goes along and like things pop up. But like their weaknesses have largely stayed the same consistently from beginning to the end of the year. And like we were criticizing them two months ago for a lot of these same things. So it's like, it's clearly not going to fix itself. And I think that they do need a spark and they do need to shore up those weaknesses because it prevents these slides and the, it prevents this roller coaster of a fucking season where you have these waves. Like that's, that's why I'm saying they're mediocre is because like they just don't have all the pieces to keep the consistency and like pick each other up when, when, you know, certain areas falter and like, that's, That's really the mark of like a really good team and a really an actual contending team is a team that, you know, they're not always going to be amazing, but they're not going to have these big slides either. See, and I felt
2: like June, that's what impressed me about this Red Sox team was so many pieces started to go down. You know, like you consistently lost your rotation. They stepped up and they were able to get you by. It's just that's not going to happen when you play the very best teams in baseball. When you're in division and you play 17 fucking days in a row. There's no break. Your bullpen doesn't get a breather. You know, you're not getting the superhero Nick Pavetta starts that we got of, you know, seven innings almost every single time out. Eventually, you have to find the inning somewhere. And that's where it bites you where Jake Deekman twice in the series. Not good. The second time, you know, not as much as his fault because the defense was bad. But uh, th- that's where it bites you. Ryan Brazier as well. Brazier, Just, man. Oh, my God. I, I, listen, I'm not even going to kill Brazier because he's been pretty good. You know, f- since he's come back up, he's done a solid job. I don't want him in high leverage spots, but, you know, the sixth, seventh inning, for the most part, I'm willing to give him a shot there. Um, I just look around. It's not that hard of a fix. You know what I mean? And I think people who are saying they don't think the Red Sox will make a move for one of these guys. Listen, they went and dealt for Kyle Schwarber. They dealt their ninth best prospect in Aldo Ramirez last year. Higher ranked than Brian Bayo was a year ago. Say what you want. You don't think the Red Sox are going to spend. They're not going to buy whatever. Da da If last year was the bare minimum, that bare minimum would go quite a long way for you right now getting a legit first baseman, you know, someone let's get someone who can actually play the position, but Schwerber was huge for them. And you got Robles and Davis who, you know, Robles saved your season, get someone a little more sure. I think that's a fair criticism, but that's what you need to do. And you add those two parts. I don't know why you don't look at this team and think they can compete with anybody. So uh,
4: one of the things that we just discussed was the spark and, ta- and trying to pinpoint what it was for the Seattle Mariners and what it should have been for the Red Sox. They had a couple chances to have a spark. The first one being last Wednesday when you had Brian Bayo's major league debut at Fenway Park, uh that didn't go well against Tampa, and then you bring him back around for uh, outing number two, also again against Tampa, <clears throat> this time in the series opener. And I don't want to say it was equally as disappointing, but it wasn't great. Four innings, seven hits, five earned runs. Three walks, he punched out five, but whoop-de-do. And I listen, I I echo the same sentiment as Tyler does here. He's not a finished product. Like he's He's like. He's a fucking rookie that should be in double A and then he gets, he gets, well, he started the season at double A, he gets promoted to triple A. There's no reason why he should be in the big leagues other than he is the last depth option that you had. Like you were in a position where you needed to go down deep and find a guy that started the season at double A and uh, it, under no other circumstances would he, he been called up to the big leagues besides you're fucked. Like that's why you had a series against the Yankees where you started three rookies and one of them wasn't even Bayo. So yeah, you're, you're kind of reaching into the bag here uh, for some help and some innings. And Bayo happened to be uh, the guy that, that was asked to do that. And, you know, you can see the stuff,
2: stuff's good. It's just, the command is not quite there, um, which, which isn't anything crazy. I, I think he walked three point seven per nine down in triple A like he had thrown 51 innings down there. The Red Sox, you know, philosophy is 100 innings at every level right now. Josh Winkowski got right up to there and they were ready to kind of go. But when you go, like you said, Josh Winkowski, Cutter, Connor Sebold, like you went three arms deep. This is where you were. And like, it's so it's so fucking annoying. Every, all these people like, well, you hyped him up as Pedro. Who, nobody nobody fucking did that. hyped that? him up, dude, like those are people you didn't know who Brian Baio was, and you saw you know maybe the Tony Maz article about him texting Pedro and asking what it was like. I think you know working think with pitching Brian
4: Ninja Baio. might have done like a side by side of their mechanics, yep. which is fi-
2: that's fine that is
4: totally they
2: different than calling him the next Pedro. you can look like anybody. it doesn't mean you have you know arguably the best stuff ever of a prime pitcher, you right. know what I mean like Pedro Wilson
4: Contreras has. Similar swing mechanics to Manny Ramirez. Is anyone calling Wilson Contreras the the Manny Ramirez of this generation? No. And he's a good hitter. He's a good catcher. He's a good uh, offensive catcher. He's an all star, but he's not Manny. You put the swings side by side, they kind of look similar. No one, and I mean no one, was saying that Brian Bao was the next Pedro
2: Martinez. It was
4: just interesting to look at the pitching mechanics and how there were some similarities there.
2: That's it. And he, obviously, as he said, He looks at Pedro as a mentor. They've worked together. It's not like Pedro's out there calling him after every start or anything. But, you know, as a legend, we know Pedro's around the team. It's just breathe. Like the kid wasn't supposed to come up. He came and filled the spot. He got moved up. He's the 24th best prospect in the entire sport now, which is absurd. Like not saying he doesn't deserve it, but just the idea that the Red Sox have a pitching prospect that high. When you look at Henry Owens was in the 40s, like Clay Buckholds was in the 40s. Like this is high level. It's just. You got to let the guy finish developing. And command is one of those things. I think this might be the best thing that ever happens to Bayo because he was dominating AAA. Now he goes back down there. We know he's getting close to an innings limit. Uh, They're probably going to kind of give him a little bit of a breather and take his foot off the gas. But this shows him what he needs to work on. And, you know, he'll probably be a mainstay in this rotation. Maybe not to start next year, but by the, you know, May or June, he will be.
4: Which brings us to spark number two. And that would be the return of Christopher Allen Sale. Five innings, three hits, zero earned runs, only one walk. All you fucking television screen apologists out there. Chris Sale doesn't have command
2: anymore. Have you watched the guy fucking pitch in his career? Seriously? Like this guy, as he said, you know. I think he has one of the best strikeouts to walks ratio of all time. It is the greatest of all time, actually. Is it? Uh, Number one. It is the greatest. What's the innings
4: minimum on that?
2: Uh, I like think a thousand on, something like that. Um, but he is the best all the time. Like if you look on his B ref page, it's gold. It has that like all time, uh, kind of highlight on it. Ooh. Uh, and we saw it. Look, Chris sale goes out there. I think as bad as the series was against Tampa Bay, if Chris sale went out there and got rocked, I, I would have preferred Chris sale to look good. And then they lose or like in that way. So uh, then Chris sale looked bad ratio. and they went gold.
4: gold, gold career totals indicate an all time career record. And his
2: career strikeouts to walks ratio is fucking gold, baby. That's who this guy is. He's one of the greatest pitchers of his generation. Feels like a lot of people don't want to respect that. Uh, they can't remember that. But you, you do what he did out there. And, it, you know, he got stronger as the start went along, which I thought was the best thing because that was the opposite of last year. Yeah. He looked, you know, he'd come on strong that first and second inning last year. And then by the third or fourth, it felt like he was trying everything just to get by
0: that video of them greeting him in the tunnel walking into the uh to the stadium was was awesome. That was great. I love that shit. He's
4: that's, he's a difference maker. That's why I mean that's why I thought that that game was going to be the spark is because everyone in that organization from top to bottom knows what he brings to this team from a pitching standpoint, they know what he brings as a teammate standpoint. Like I remember guys were telling me like last year that You know, when Sale was not even eligible, not eligible, but able to get on the mound and pitch, he was still going down there and watching Garrett Whitlock's bullpens. He was a fan. He was like, man, this guy is the fucking secret weapon. He, he, He makes that big of a difference. He cares that much. Uh, so I thought that him returning was going to be, and it still can be, I mean, it's only been one start. Like, let's not, let's not overreact to one start. And he was still great in it. They just didn't happen to win the baseball game. And then they lost the next two after that. So you can't really pinpoint as, yeah, man, they fucking lost that first game because Bayo went out there and laid an egg. But then you had Chris Sale in game two and they won the next three and they won the series. And that was their first Uh, Series victory against an ALEs team. No, they lost that game. They lost the next two. They got swept in four games down in Tampa Bay. So no one is talking about Chris Sale's start as some sort of uh, tipping point from an energy level standpoint. But uh, I think what you have to look at, just Chris Sale's performance alone, 96-97 out the gate in the first. Uh, I noticed somewhere around the third inning that he was having some difficulty with putting guys away with two strikes. Like he would have, Oh, he would be one, two, Oh, two, and then end up being three, two. And then maybe they'd line out or maybe they would get a base hit. Like he would have two strikes on a lot of guys and not put guys away. And I can't remember. uh, I'm sure you would know, Tyler, with the, you're a baseball savant guy. The, the swings and misses weren't anything to write home about. What do you have? Like two?
2: I think it was four, four.
4: I think Which it was like, sti- it was like a, the lowest amount of swings and misses in his career. It was like tied for the most or the least. Tied for the misses. second,
2: I think. Tied for the second lowest. With at least, uh, what,
4: 50 pitches thrown or something?
2: Exactly. I believe that was the stat. Yeah. Um, it, that's one of those things. I, I do think, you know, am I freaking out about it right now? No, I, I wouldn't go that far. Let's get a little bit of a larger sample size. Um, but yeah, he, he was leaning on the slider, you know, heavy at times. It looked like he was trying to get by. And I think the other part is when Chris Dale was last Chris Sale, 9697 was a little different in baseball. Now 9697 is kind of something you see on a night-to-night basis. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a little bit of an adjustment. And it's still, while the changeup was better, it looks like it's still a work in progress as well. And I think that's the other part that has to play up a little bit there. I think um, he was
4: having trouble throwing the changeup for strikes, too.
2: And, and that was kind of what happened at times last year. It still looked better, um, but it was about the same usage as last year. It just looks like he's still trying to fully get to it. But I'd say what we saw uh, on Tuesday was not just a couple steps, like not one step better than last year. I'd say two or three. Like it was a legit difference.
4: Yeah. And and the other thing that I, that stood out to me too, was when he came out for the fifth and we were, I was geeked up about 96, 97 in the first. And then you start to see this, whether it be intentional or not diminished velocity in the fifth. Now he's at 93, 94, but he almost looked more dominant in, in the fifth with with a little bit uh, taken off the fastball. So I, I don't give a fuck. I mean, I know that people... It, this all started in 2018. In the second half of 2018, because Sale went out there in the first half and was throwing 100 miles an hour as a starter.
2: And then he was, was doing like Jacob DeGrom things before yeah, Jacob DeGrom was yeah. doing
4: it. But but in 2017 he wasn't doing that. I mean he struck out over 300 guys. He wasn't throwing 100 miles an hour in 2017. It was and basically that, what you saw or in his last start. Right in 2017 was his best season with the Red Sox. He went out there, struck out over 300 batters. And then in the first half of 2018, this motherfucker is blowing 100 miles an hour from the left side with one of the best sliders maybe in baseball history. And I don't think that that's hyperbole. Uh, And then in the second half, that was when we first started looking at Chris Sale's velocity. Everyone started radar... like, Like I've never seen before or since. The radar gun watching with this guy, it's it's like, I don't know. I mean, I, it, I, it's fun to look at the radar gun on certain guys, but it's almost like if he's not 97, 98, everyone's like, Oh fuck. He's hurt. Like that's, that's what we do with Chris sale. So he comes out there in, uh, in the first inning and throws 96, 97. And we had heard this from Alex Cora. Like he's relaying all these radar gun readings from the rehab starts or before he was even, th- uh, you know, doing the rehab starts. It was, uh, just throwing off flat ground or he was doing in bullpens. And it's like, yeah, he's got 97 and he feels hundred percent. So look out. And when you see him back on a big league mound and he is hitting 96, 97, that's a great sign. But what's an even greater sign is when he can look just as dominant, if not more dominant at 94, because, and I still think, you know, I don't want to overanalyze just one Chris sale start, but as we sort of move down the line here and we have a larger sample size, that's when we can sort of look at, well, if if he's dotting 94, that's great because the slider is untouchable. And then the changeup is the big piece. Like, can he locate the changeup? Can he throw that changeup for strikes? And can he sort of come from the same, I guess, arm slot as the fastball and, and really fuck with guys over here? So we'll see.
0: Pete, did you watch the game? Which one, Jared? The Chrisel start? Uh I watched a, a bits and pieces of it. What else Thought you he looked. Thought he looked pretty good. Yeah? Yep. What was your favorite part about the game? Um the end, I guess. it was over. You, you you your favorite part was when they lost? Yeah, just because they were done losing. Ah. The game was over. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still a little is it really like kind of like on. how I felt about most of this series, to be honest with you. I feel like two. Uh, yeah.
4: If you look at this fucking, I mean, two runs is not going to get it done. I mean, you can blame the Red Sox offense for for the Chris Sale game. But this came down to uh, a, 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 the the final score was three to two. The Rays scored three runs in the bottom of the sixth. Tonight. They scored five runs in the bottom of the seventh. That like yeah, they it, uh, they it, beat it. you two games in this series by scoring all of their runs in one inning. They did that yeah, twice it, you know, in this that's fucking the wor- series.
0: That's the worst kind of game to fucking watch because you're in control most of the game. You're like, all right, cool, this is going well, and then it all falls apart in one fucking inning. And it's not even enough to be like, okay, I'm going to turn it off. Like at least, at least if you're getting their shit kicked in, you could be like, all right, I'm going to go do something else. This is kind of a lost cause. It's a burn the tape game. This is like one bad inning. And then that's it. And they're fucking done. And it's like by the end of the game, you're just like, please fucking end this. I know they're not coming back. It's, so it's you're talking about the so first game.
4: I mean, in the first game, the yeah, Rays jump out to a fucking uh, 5-1 lead because the Red Sox scored a run in the second. What was that?
2: Uh, did somebody Homer? No. Was it uh, what? There was the JD, two RBI double. Bogarts had an RBI. That was the third. Dugo.
4: Was it Verdugo? Um, I can't remember. I know the the or Duran. Yeah, the Bogarts, the Bogarts RBIs, but tied it. I think it might have been Duran. Yeah, so it was five one in the second, and the Red Sox were able to tie that game five to five, and then. Allow five unanswered runs to the Tampa Bay Rays. Wh-
0: that's why I think that baseball and uh, and basketball are the two hardest sports to be fans of, or like uh, to like as far as like a game experience goes, because shit can go downhill so fast, and it is so hard to stop it rolling downhill. Especially if you don't have like a very good team. Like they say, basketball is a game of runs. I think. I mean, literally baseball is a game of runs, but like, uh, it's literally like just games of runs and like, you can see it happening in real time. And you're like, fuck, this is, this is not going to go well. But when, when you kind of like have that base knowledge that this team lets games get away from them.
2: Yeah. yeah especially when you're letting Jake Deakman, like I've seen enough. Uh, I, I seriously, another 10 meltdowns, he has 10 meltdowns this year. That's where he's at at this point, and you have Austin Davis pitch the fifth inning in that game. I don't know what Austin Davis ever did to Alex Cora. I don't know what he did to the Red Sox organization. They don't want him anywhere near anything high leverage. But sure, let's throw Jake Deakman out there. Who? Oh, first pitch. Let's hit a guy. Well, why not? Let's just hit somebody. It's got to be the strikeouts for nine.
4: Like it's got to be like, hey, we need we need a strikeout here. Let's roll the dice on on Jake Deakman. See, uh, I,
2: I don't. I'd understand that if it was like you're bringing him in and there's two guys on base and you just got to find a way. You got to start King, guys. We can't give up contact. Sure. But he still gives up contact. Yeah, it's a clean inning. Just I would have taken Austin Davis for two. Uh, I would take Austin Davis for two over Jake Diekman for one. How many clean innings do you think Jake Deakman has this year? I uh, not many. Very few.
0: Yeah, he has strikeouts per nine has got to be like a massively misleading stat because oh. you can you can strike out like 15 guys but also give up 12 runs yeah yeah uh, what the fucking do you strike out 12 guys when you
2: walk seven per nine like it, it doesn't mean anything
0: yeah well at all and it,
4: like that i think it means something when you put them together it's like all right right
0: like if you've got a good strikeouts per nine with like a good whip like very cool yeah let's, then you have Josh Hader with that guy yeah it, I just I
2: think I look at Jake Deepman and I think it's the conversation they got to have with the lefties right now. He's the worst lefty in the bullpen. It's really it's not much of a conversation. I like and what I see from Darwin's and Hernandez. I do. That was better than anything I've seen from Dar- or from Jake Deepman besides the opening weekend in New York. Yeah, that seriously, it was more control. It looked like and obviously. Different situation. We gotta see Darwins and come in because he's had he's had brutal moments. He is kind of like Jake Beekman in a lot of ways. Did you see the uh, video
4: that I tweeted of Darwins and Hernandez a couple of years I think it was twenty nineteen? Uh he was warming up in the bullpen and he just fired a baseball where like a left-handed
2: hand uh, a left-handed hitter's head would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like that's the stuff. Darwinson has special stuff. And I thought it was interesting. He sat like ninety-five, ninety-six today, which we know Darwinson can get it up to like ninety-nine, ninety-eight. Mm-hmm. So it looks like he's trying to focus on command. It's just, I don't know, between him and Josh Taylor, you know, Matt Strom, as long as he's healthy, we know where he's gonna be in this bullpen. How many fucking rehab appearances has Josh Taylor had by now? Like twenty? He's like been he- down there for basically a month. Yeah. And the issue with Josh Taylor is the stuff's not there. It yeah. You know he's getting by. There's been a couple bad outings, a couple fine outings, but he's like low 90s. So, right. You know, they're, they're not going to have him come up and try to figure it out in that attempt either. This is way past
4: what they expected because I, I I was told the plan for Josh Taylor was to have him join the team after that Cubs series in Chicago, and at this point that was two weeks ago.
0: Where it's is he? Up. Is he in Worcester or
2: Portland? Uh, they've I, been kind of jerking him back and forth based on who's traveling and who's not. Yeah. Just so he can get an outing there, get an outing there. But I don't know. I just, Matt Strom and Austin Davis, I, I look at those two guys, they've given you, for the most part, pretty good stuff this year. It's just Jake Diekman. I don't know any situation. I trust Hirokazu or more over him. And I, I, I hate saying that. But I, I look down the list here. Who do you distrust as much as you just trust Jake Diekman in that bullpen It used to be Hansel Robles but he's gone he gone um let's see you trust Ryan Brazier more than him don't you mm. I do
4: it's a real so now I do there. yeah I'm looking at uh Josh Taylor he pitched for the, the Wu Sox on April 17th. Didn't pitch again until the 24th for the Sea Dogs. Then he pitched for the Woo Sox. Then he pitched for the Sea Dogs. Then he pitched for the Woo Sox. And then he pitched for the Sea Dogs. So he pitched a couple days ago. Um, gave up a couple runs on July 7th. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the plan is with him. But hitters are uh, seeing the ball well 370 with a 1015 OPS
2: and I think it puts the Red Sox in a bad spot because they're going to have to make some 40 man decisions coming up especially and with all the lefties
0: it just doesn't work I was work. him I just try to get stuck in Portland Portland during the summer rocks <laughs> <laughs> yeah I yeah Portland's a good time I just feel like oops I gave up another fucking three round home run my bad Guess I'll have to stick around here for the next two months, at least. Have the lobster roll on deck, please. (laughs) Uh,
4: The enough is not being made about this, but the the injury updates on Kike Hernandez did not sound good at all. Like he was Eh. supposed to be back weeks ago, and then it was then there was a setback, and now he's seeing like a hip specialist.
2: Yeah, he was out in uh, Manhattan today getting that looked at, but. I think tonight you saw the Red Sox for the first time look at it and say, we're probably not getting him back. There's a chance we don't get him back this year. They moved Jaron Duran to right field. Right. And they said, we can't handle Jaron Duran in center field anymore, which can't blame them. It's I think minus four defensive runs saved already out there. this he year. He looked for him.
0: horrible during the Yankee series. That like he me. looked so bad. I, it's the first time that I'd really seen him play center field, like IRL. He looks really bad. The speed will fool,
2: if, especially on TV where it cuts late and you know you don't get to see that first step. His first step is horrendous. And we know he, he was drafted as a second baseman. It's been a learning process and it doesn't help that he's not really hitting. He has like a 64 weighted runs created plus this uh, month. So it's kind of fallen off in that matter. But Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field, they got to figure a way around this. And it's not good because Jackie Bradley Jr. has been. Horrendous for quite some time, you know, dating back to June 1st. He has 16 hits since June 1st. Three extra base hits.
4: Uh, I mean, how much of this, I'll ask you, as as the leader of the Blumenati, how much of this falls on Heim? Because, Uh, so while while I love Alex Benellis, I do, how much of that, like, when, I don't regret trading Hunter Renfro for Jackie Bradley and Alex Benelis. I regret not going out and getting another outfielder after making that deal. That's what I regret.
2: I look at Haim and I say you had to pick something between right field and first base. You don't ha- Not every position is going to be perfect. You know what I mean? You can mix and match and try some different things, especially when you had a Jaron Duran at AAA or a Tristan Cassis at first, but you needed some kind of insurance there. And I think that's where you sit now and you just question. You can have one hole in right field. You could have one hole at first base, You can't have a hole in both of those spots. And that doesn't include a hole in the back end of your bullpen
0: when you started the year. I mean, I think a lot of this falls on Haim just because we talked, we talked about this like months ago, where it was like, I understand like the approach, but you have to, it was very predictable what the holes on this team were going to be, or the weaknesses on this team were going to be. And you could have gone out and added depth and added like another body, another insurance policy. And they just didn't like, and Anybody who was expecting Jackie Bradley Jr. to like hit the ball well, like why? Why were you expecting that? I don't hate the idea that they hoped he would
2: be somewhat close to what he was when he was here. You know, still a below league average bat, but he's closer to what he was in Milwaukee than what he used to be. Here. You should have an insurance policy ready if he is. If he is that, especially like, when you go over the luxury tax. Like this. This isn't you. You were bar- You didn't want to go over it. You hit the limit. No. You went over the luxury tax, and that's my problem with why Kyle Schwarber still isn't here, and, and that's my problem with a lot of this. It feels like the Red Sox were—they said, you know what, we'll go in, but we're not going all the way in, and, and that's what infuriates me here because this team deserves to go all the way in. It's the last year potentially for a lot of important core pieces: your Xander Bogarts, your Aldi your JD Martinez's of the world, and you're sitting here with just some holes that you didn't have to have. You're over the luxury tax. What's your excuse? Why couldn't you give Kyle Schwerber money? Why couldn't Kyle Schwerber be, you know, your answer at first base for a majority of the year? And then, hey, you know, the season comes, maybe Tristan Cassis is ready. Guess what? Then you have a conversation about what you want to do. You can push him in the outfield. You have an insurance plan for DH moving forward, which you still don't have now. And I think my biggest criticism of Haim is Bobby Delbeck should have been traded over the offseason. Uh, that was one of my main things. I wanted him and Hunter Renfro traded. Uh, I'll give credit to Hunter Renfro when he's been healthy. He's been really good this year. He's obviously hasn't been healthy. A uh, couple different IL stints. But Bobby Delbeck on this roster, massive mistake. What he did in August and September last year, his value was never going to be higher. And I think the reality of the situation was not many people thought he was going to repeat it. The batted ball data didn't tell you was he was going to repeat it. And you decided to cling and hope that he was going to somehow turn into this piece where even if he did, Give you service serviceable first base production, he wasn't going to be part of your long term plan. You could have got a lot more value there. And if I'm starting at the trade deadline, I think Dubuck still does have some value, not here, but maybe a team like the Nationals. He's the name I'm bringing up. I'm starting there, and Jim Bowden had that. I floated the trade of him and Chris Murphy for Bell. I think those are the moves you should be looking for because he just doesn't fit on this roster.
4: The thing too, and I said this before the season started about Bob was. You're putting Christian Arroyo out there, who has never professionally played the outfield in his career. Um, and no disrespect to him, but Bob is the fastest guy on the team. He's an athlete. Uh I I was a little perplexed that Bob's faster than Jaren? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. He is. He is? Really? Yeah. What? Yeah, you he see, is.
2: You've seen him race?
4: Let's get him in a race.
2: There's no way that Bob's fast. Jared, Jared Durant would dust him. Dude. I don't think so. No way. Oh, get them. Fu- Jared, Jared, Jared. I don't think don't so. do this. I don't Jared, think you're so. Not, I know you love Bob. Don't do this. I'm telling you right now. I think Bob would would win that race. Bob wouldn't even know the race started. That's not and true. Dolbeck runs well. He runs well. He I'm runs the best. I'm not
4: to crap on him. No. We're going to find Durant. out. We're going to find out. I'm oh. going to make
2: them race. You're the only person waiting to find out.
4: I'm going to put him in a group text right now and be like, "Race tomorrow, and and let us know who wins."
0: Dallas going to say, "Fuck no." What's I'm not the gonna what's it
4: the uh, what's the distance?
0: Any. I mean, distance. you're the one who's saying he's going to win in a race. What's the distance?
4: 120 feet.
0: Jaron Duran wins that race.
4: No, you're wrong. Anyways, my point was. You put Christian Arroyo in right field, which is one of the most, if not the most difficult right field to play in the big leagues at Fenway Park. Um, once Franchi came up and joined the equation of like, Hey, I, I know I suck at first base, but I, can... it's basically like Franchi is saying, Hey, I suck at first base, but I can hit. And Bob is saying, I can play first base, but I suck at hitting. Then they just combine the two into some sort of cyborg first baseman when I would have honestly tried Bob in the outfield. I really would. And the reason for that, not just because I think that he would have been a better defensive option in the outfield over Christian Arroyo. The reason for that is because I think that Bob is in a vicious cycle, catch-22 situation where he's not going to get hot hitting because he's not getting consistent playing time
2: And he's not going to get consistent playing time because he's not hitting. Well, he's basically serving in the same role he did when Kyle Schwarber came here. It's a pretty similar role. And the fact that he's not hitting in that spot is what concerns me. And realistically, Bob doesn't do anything well. Like, I hate to be that person. He's tied negative four defensive run saves. That's tied for the worst at first base in all of baseball. Ninth percentile and outs above average. Like, he's not hitting. He's been league average. He is, you know, barely getting by with the bat. But he's kaying at a ridiculous rate, and arguably in late and close situations, he's the worst hitter on the team. One thirty-five, two thirty-eight, three fifty-one, five ninety OPS. It's I mean, just, you had an asset in Bobby Delvick that could have got you real worth, real yeah, worth this off st- season, and now you have an asset that does not have that much worth anymore. And that's where I start to get concerned with mismanagement because what the great organizations do is pick those guys out and move them before they turn into what Bobby Delvick has turned into.
0: Yeah, but I mean you mentioned it and, and it's like he still has some value, He's still like young enough that he has value and to to Jared's point like it, him not getting consistent playing time screams to a bad team like okay if we can slot this guy in and play him every day, regardless Michael Chavis. of whether he's struggling,
4: Michael like Chavis. He, look at
2: what he, the fuck happened yeah. to Michael Chavis. Uh, Michael Chavis blows. He, he blows. He, he's completely <laughs> fallen off this year. I, I'm sorry to be that guy. He blows. Go look at his stats. He's a below average hitter and a below average.
4: He's sitting, He he did kind of fall off. You're right. It did kind of fall off.
2: I, I'm not going to go nuts.
0: But, Listen, but somebody will buy like in on him. a but, but bad team will buy on a buy in on a guy like Bobby Dalbeck. and you can and you can package him to get a player that you could use right now?
2: Sure. I, I just think there was a lot more value you could have got there over the offseason. And, and that's where I kind of get there. And you want to say, well, hey, Heim, I want to build, I want to build my farm system and I want to compete at the same time. You could have done that by dealing Bobby Delbeck, getting some good pieces back by paying a Kyle Schwarber because you're already over the luxury tax and having a solution going forward where you have a DH of the future. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with J.D. Martinez. I, I don't want to write him off and say it's over here, but You know, I think if we were all to guess, we think it's more likely the Red Sox move on than keep him here. Uh, I I just, it feels like, and I love Haim. I really do. I'm a Haim guy. I don't think he should be fired. I'm I'm not one of those people, but. Why would he be fired? He's doing exactly what the fucking ownership group wants him to do. Sure. I I think some of it's there. Some of the moves, I, I just, I think there was some ignoring of things. You're over the luxury tax. I have a hard time believing a couple million more for a reliever was the difference. Yeah, I do. I think he looked at it and said, we can get to the trade deadline and figure it out.
0: I mean, yeah, I, I, I I don't think there's any way that they should fire Haim before they allow him to like operate more freely. Like that's if you fire Haim, it's seeming it seems like pretty cruel. I, I just because there, there's definitely like a mandate for Haim where he can't do certain things. It, it's just you're over the luxury tax. You're over it. So I, I don't see there's
2: money to spend before even the next threshold. Um. I think, yeah, there's a constraint there to some degree, but I think there was more wiggle room, and I think ultimately Heim just made some bad bets. He depended on Matt Barnes, hoping that he'd be your closer again this year. Obviously not. He's getting smashed in the FCL right now. You know, I, I just, I look at it. I love Heim. There's been some real misses this year. He's done some things right. Uh, that's the thing about Heim. Michael Walker, Nick
0: Pavetta, you can go. Matt Strom, but, look I mean, up and down the roster. I mean, like, he he inherited Barnes. Like, like I have but a he hard time him. blaming him. He extended them Okay, that's that's fair. But I'm just saying. I mean, like, yeah, I just have a hard time pulling the plug on Heim this quick. Like, I feel like he's inherited some problems, hasn't solved other ones, but I also think that like he's largely under like constraints and a mandate that's that is sent from ownership. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, no
2: doubt. I, I just don't know how big the constraints are. And I feel like I, I love Haim. I, I just think that lets him off the hook a little bit. I think 2021 was a fantastic year. I think this year has been a lot closer to average from some of his decision making uh, with the big league roster. I, I just there's some there's some things to be desired this year. And I, I think it's fair to criticize him and hold him accountable on that. And if, like if uh, there was holding him
0: accountable, I don't think he's done a great job, especially leading coming into this year. But I also I, I would not float out the idea of of moving on from them, no, just th- those either. people are crazy.
2: I, I just I think saying there's some kind of mandate like they're over the luxury tax here. We're not talking about a team that's staying under it like they did last year. You pushed over it.
4: That's more of a but, that's more of an ownership thing, though. They're over the luxury tax, but not because of anything that Haim has done.
2: No, but if you're willing to go push it, that, that why can't you spend a couple more million on a relief? No, I'm with you there. Well, and, and you know, why the can't point you point about Schwarber, too? It, like, that's where I think with Schwarber, can you say maybe they didn't want to sign off on that? Sure. But when you're telling me you couldn't find a Mitch Moreland-esque first baseman for a couple million or a middle relief arm for a couple million... it would have been Anthony Rizzo.
4: Look at the money that Rizzo oh. got. Two years and what? Fucking 18 million or something? Yeah. Shit like that? Yeah.
2: I, I think that's different. And Rizzo got multiple years. Obviously, there's an option in there as well. Um, but you weren't going to go that far. You didn't have to go that far because you had Tristan Cassis. You just needed something better than Travis Shaw, who was retired before you called them during spring training.
4: Yeah yeah Anyways, you hear
2: about travis shaw going anywhere no i haven't no <laughs> yeah that that that's <laughs> there were better options like you didn't have a plan and you got to spring training and you said all right i'll call the guy who gave us solid production last year
4: is he somewhere right now is he is he a free agent or is did he i, I thought i saw him like latch on with someone no savannah bananas <laughs> uh he's a free agent retired Yeah, that might might have been the swan song for the mayor of Ding Dong City. I don't know. Uh, Maybe he's home drinking a blue moon right now. He could be. Smart decision. It'd be a great decision by him.
0: I'd love to... Get to to the ballpark, because that beer was created in a ballpark. It was created in a ballpark.
4: You're right. And uh, you know what? I hope, as I sit here in Los Angeles, I hope that Travis Shaw's out there somewhere drinking a blue moon, thinking about all the homers he socked as a, as a big leaguer over a hundred.
0: So I also hope he's thinking about the, the, the comment that he made years ago that I have bigger biceps than you. Mm. Yeah. But that's a lie at this juncture. I Is don't it? know. You see that picture of me with a uh, big, with a uh, big cast. Yeah. You look, slash, you look huge, uh, Morsey.
2: Yeah. Pete, uh, I will my, say you're sneaky, sneaky ripped. I don't, I don't even think it's sneaky.
4: sneaky. Yeah. He's, he's pretty jacked. He always has. I, been.
2: I, I, I I was just impressed. It caught me a little off guard.
4: Thank you, thank you, child. Yeah, of course. You're you're unassuming.
0: Yeah, well, it's because I'm five at six.
4: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Also, like very, it very much differs because like on the picture that we took on Friday night, I was in the middle and sort of like arms around you guys. My so my frame looked very, very thin. I looked like a tiny child. <laughs> and then like the very next day, I upload a picture in which I look like a fucking action figure with. Inflatable arms in that picture with big casts. It was just outrageous back to back pictures. Yeah. You
4: had yourself a weekend. Sure did. It was a good time. You can have yourself a weekend with Blue Moon this weekend if you're going to watch the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Bronx because baseball and beer go hand in hand and Blue Moon is the perfect stadium companion with its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, iconic orange slice ritual, and authentic ballpark roots. In fact, as Pete pointed out, Blue Moon. Was born in a ballpark, first created at the Sandlot Brewery in Denver, Colorado, from the first pitch to extra innings. A blue moon guarantees a one of a kind experience every fucking time. <laughs> I think uh I think we're gonna have to have some some blue moons out here in Los Angeles if we can track them down. I uh I think we deserve it. We're gonna be working really hard out here, the all-star game. Um I know that we had I know that Pat Pat had several blue moons before he did the podcast but Pete and I were more on the uh responsible side and we we curtailed our blue moon consumption because we still had to do the podcast but there's going to be plenty of uh this is this is Jake's first all-star game right
1: yep first one
4: yeah there's a lot there's lots of parties out here there's agent parties there's I have I've seen the ta- as as we're recording this podcast I've had some texts come in from from people that are going to be extending invites and my response to all of them Asking us to come to these these huge fun parties. Jake and I will not be there unless there's Blue Moon. Not fucking going. I mean, I won't go. Yeah. (laughs) He's not going. Yeah. I'll stay in this hotel all fucking night. I don't care. There's a swimming pool on our roof. I see a swimming pool on the roof across the street. I mean, we ain't going unless you got Blue Moons. So you better step the fuck up, L.A. From its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian White is a -a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes of a smooth, creamy finish. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one-of-a-kind? Best served with a signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful hazy color. A beer this good only comes once in a Blue Moon. Mm. mm. That was a bar. Mm hmm. Break out of your same old beer slump. Blue Moon Belgian White is one of a kind every fucking time. <laughs> Get Blue Moon Belgian White delivered by visiting get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared to see your delivery options. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. yeah brother i feel like we should get into these uh john henry comments Ooh, i haven't seen these oh you haven't no fucking hit me
2: i got my fair share at uh 98.5 this week
4: yeah i had fucking uh you know at the the radio station they'll, they'll have their they'll print it out on the paper and they get their highlighter and they're highlighting all the quotes and shit Um, more or less, unless you know what, Tyler, if, if, if you have been more familiarized with the, I feel like you'd be better at paraphrasing than I would be like, I essentially they're saying it takes two to tango here.
0: Yeah, I I did see that.
2: Yeah. That was the standout, like the John Tomazis of the world really kind of dug in on that. Um, it it was a lot. This is how I look at it. You can dramatize it whatever way you want. If you've heard Sam Kennedy talk this year, if you've heard Heim Bloom talk, it's the same shit. We want Xander, we want Devers. We love both of them. We see them as Red Sox. They should be here. Well, you know, whatever you want to say. And then John Henry continues. It takes two to tango. Uh, you know, it's the player's right to exercise whatever they want. You know, that's what they have. And it was just a it was a lot of that. It was really not much beyond it. And they talked about. Payroll wise, and don't always look at the money amount in terms of payroll is what's going on with the team. It's about the infrastructure, which is ownership talk. You hear that across baseball right now about, you know, nutrition and sports science, whatever it may be. A lot of talk about how important that stuff is. And really, the main quotes were they still see themselves as building and it takes two to tango, which I thought was a spit in Xander Bogart's face a little bit, considering, well, you guys didn't show up to the dance you basically sent a bullshit offer and told him to accept it. And, you know, that just doesn't work. And I look at John Henry. Am I going to... Some people can't stand him. Listen, what he's delivered four championships here. Mm -hmm. For a place that didn't have those, that goes a long way. And he's consistently spent money. He's over the luxury tax again this year. So I'm not going to call him cheap because he hasn't been cheap. Uh, You know, if you move years forward and they're no longer going over the luxury tax, I think that's fair. Uh, I think the real criticism is He's low-balled, homegrown stars. And the Mookie Betts one, I don't put in that category. Me neither. you wanted 12 years, 420. Sorry. You, you, you weren't going to get that, and you didn't get that. Uh, but John Lester, I think that's the comp here, and that's the one I tied as Andrew Bogart's. And it feels like you know, you're you walking down a similar road once again.
0: I yeah. did, I, for, my, for me, like from my standpoint, uh, as like a guy on the outside, it seems like John Henry's interest in the Red Sox has waned a little bit over the years. Like He's diversifying his portfolio with Fenway Sports Group, uh, putting his chips in, in other baskets. It really does seem like he is making the Red Sox less of a priority than they were like a, a decade ago. And if that's for business reasons or whatever, whatever. But like, it's not going to sit well with fans. It really is not. It, regardless of how many championships you deliver, like, That bar has been set. It's going to continue to exist at that level. It's not going to dip down, especially knowing how much money this team makes, how much they bring in, just as like Fenway and all the events and stuff. Ballpark prices. This this place is not going to accept uh, anything less than a a winning team year in and year out.
2: And the other comment that had stuck out was, you know, there's a lot of super teams, you know, at the very end of that article. And we'll see how things kind of go. The Red Sox should be a super team. You should be able to get in that category or at least come close to it. I don't think you should look at the Dodgers and Yankees and see them as a different tier.
0: If you don't want to be a super team, I I get that. But I if you if you have homegrown players that you have fucking hit the lottery with, you fucking keep them. You don't lose them. You are not a small market team. You are not a mid market team. You are a big market team. You are one of the richest teams in baseball. If you have a fucking star that you built in the system who wants to be here on a winning team, you should fucking keep them every time.
4: That's how George Steinbrenner did it. And he won a lot of championships. He had a star. He said, guess what? You're not fucking going anywhere. You're staying right here in New York and you're going to win even more championships than you've already won. And I don't know. I can't tell if it's disinterest with John Henry, if he's tone deaf or if he just doesn't give a fuck. It could be either one. I mean he could be at the point now where it's like yeah I've won four championships for you guys now I want to win one with Liverpool and then I want to win one with the with the Pittsburgh Penguins like at some point you can't you can't be that passionate about all these different teams and all these different sports when you've already made billions like at some point the fire has to burn out and it's kind of just you 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 put
0: it on uh autopilot where but it shouldn't be here because here's where he's made so much fucking money because of of the Red Sox and because of Fenway. Like, the, the interest should stick here. Like, this should be a priority. And this fan base I, will fucking turn on him very quickly. I For mean, they me, already have. Yeah. For me, you
2: know, I look at John Henry, you're a bank account to me uh, at this point. You, As long as you're funding this team the way it needs to be funded, I'm okay with you. And that's where my problem lies this year. Like we were just talking where, yeah, you went over the luxury tax, but there was still room to go. You you had things to do yeah. before you hit that next threshold and you have holes. What is the reasoning? And I think beyond that, you know, that's where the questions start to come into play. Um, And Jared, you can, and Pete, you as well. You know, I was really young when John Henry bought the Red Sox, but as everyone has told me at the sports hub, you know, his passion for baseball at that time was incredible. And Let's be real. He hasn't spoken about the Red Sox on record since February they,
0: 2020. They were, the, they were one of the most fucking hands-on ownership groups that I've ever seen in my entire life. Like in every press conference, every event, like uh, Henry, Lucchino, Werner, they were all there and they were all extremely vocal, like to a fault, whereas there would be like, okay, you guys are fucking weird and John Henry stay,
2: storming into the fourth Please take a yeah. step
0: back, please. Uh, but no, I mean, like, and it's, I think it makes it worse too, that like they, they, they have their like hands in so many areas in Boston, like where it's like the globe, Nesson, like th- this is clearly like they have a stranglehold on the Red Sox. So the Red Sox should be a fucking priority, especially if you're limiting the critiques from the, uh, the local market, like by sort of creating a monopoly on the coverage, like that's. That- that's a problem. That was what stood out to me. And I don't agree with Dan Shaughnessy on many things, but I
2: think anybody who can read Dan Shaughnessy, when Alex Spear posted that column, and I love Alex Spear, great work. You know, he works for the Globe. He, he's getting whatever the comments Henry were passing through are being filtered and checked through a million times for them to get whatever message they want to get across. Dan Shaughnessy said it all. Good get, Alex. Or what, whatever the phrasing was of that tweet. Uh, anybody with you know who can read into something will tell you yeah, you're controlling the narrative. You're trying to control the narrative. Ultimately, this market's not going to give a fuck. They're going to form their own narrative. Um, but that's it. And I think when you're John Henry and you haven't spoken to the media in multiple years, you should be able to you know, field questions from different reporters and be able to face the heat. And we're not getting that.
4: Yeah. I, and at, the reason why I said tone deaf was because you mentioned he hasn't talked on the record since 2020. I remember it was, I don't know, a couple of years before that, somewhere in like the 2018 to 20 window where the conversation topic was don orcillo and he was like you guys are still mad about that oh
0: my god like, that was oh my god how, like how talk about line. fucking tone deaf
4: yeah he's like wait a second you guys are still mad about that i thought you guys were over that by now
0: but that's the same shit as the
2: john lester stuff we all sit here we're you know you move past things but we're all still pissed john lester didn't finish his career in a red sox uniform
4: yeah or at but, least or at least didn't
2: get the deal that he like, got with the Cubs here. Exactly. You know and I, I know obviously they talked in free agency. We've heard that you guys did the John Lester interview. I don't you know, I don't got to repeat it to you. Um but like that's the that's the frustrating stuff to me. It's just acknowledge some of the wrongs. Acknowledge all the rights. There's been so many rights. But when the fan base has been upset about something, it's like they just don't want to touch it and that's what kind of upsets me because I feel like if they did touch it there'd be a longer leash from the fan base, at least to some degree. Or they, or they just, with what's or they going just on.
0: go away for like a, a period of time and expect it to just like be forgotten by the time that they come back. It's like the people here don't fucking forget, man. Like you are going to have to answer to it at some point or at least just like get held over the flame and, and allow it to happen. It's just, you know, people people aren't going to forget just because you disappeared for a certain number of months or years. And that's why I ha- i'm
2: happy david ortiz did what he did today yeah. speaking uh you know he had his hall of fame media meeting or whatever and first things out of his mouth are how incredible rafael devers is how incredible xander bogarts is and what it means to have guys like that who know what they're doing in the city who can play to their level who are franchise faces leaders and he just that's what became the whole interview those are all the headlines that came out from it and this isn't the first time he's done that in the last couple months so it's clear, you know, everyone's trying to send a message, whether it's the guys in the clubhouse, Chris Sale, Alex Verdugo, who've all spoken out on Xander Bogart's and Rafael Devers' behalf. It's just, will they listen? And I think it's clear that a lot of people are concerned they're not going to listen.
0: We got to get David Ortiz as the muscle in the Red Sox front office. Huh. This is when John Henry doesn't want to sign in a check. He, David Ortiz just fucking picks him up by his ankles and his neck and he just snaps him over his leg and says, you sign that fucking check.
4: Yeah. It's, I mean, I think it was Bradford that had the point on TV. I saw earlier today. What, what does this Red Sox team look like if you don't have one of them, Never mind losing both of them. What happens if you just have a team where there's no, there's no Raphael Devers, but you have Xander Bogarts or you have Xander Bogarts, but there's, you know, it's, I don't know. It, you need to keep both.
2: <laughs> like I, you, I, I, I you're I, losing your leader and your best player.
4: Right. And and like I get it. If you look at Xander Bogart's, uh maybe he's not playing shortstop five years from now and he wants seven years. All right, you figure it out in 20 fucking thirty, whatever the fuck it is. Uh yeah, I just I don't know. I I, I as painful of a year as it has been in 2022, what is it going to look like next year or the year after that if you don't have Rafael Devers or Xander Bogarts? Like, yes, Tristan Cassis is coming. Um, it, if you can still only hope that he becomes as good as Raphael Devers, you're still not... That I mean, it, there's just... So, oh, man. I, I can't even it's, think it's, about it.
2: I can't even think about it. It's a different level and when I look at Rafael Devers like Jared I think me and you agree on a lot of this when it came to Mookie Betts financial reasons and where you were at you really didn't have many options you had to deal him That was cool Dealing him dealing him was so you could get to today and have Rafael Devers one of the best hitters in all of baseball and you wouldn't have to go down that road again That's why you went and got Heim Bloom and got the financial flexibility That's why you stayed under the luxury tax it was so you could pay Rafael Devers. It was so that the next time you had that $300 million plus player who was you know in his prime, you didn't have to trade him and have another heartbreak in the organization. If you spit on that now, it makes me question everything you've worked for the last couple of years. It makes no sense.
4: Yeah. It's like, what was the point of that in the first place? Why get under the luxury tax threshold? Why trade your franchise player If not to reset and be able to put yourself in a position to pay someone. I mean, you look at it this way, right? Rafael Devers is how old?
0: Twenty-five. He's twenty-five years old. Child. It just screams like this situation in Colorado where it's like you you let Arenado go and then like you get the backlash of that, and then like a couple of years later, you're like scrambling to put somebody in a uniform that like draws fan interest and you sign a player that's just significantly worse for an obscene contract. Like that's exactly what will happen with the Red Sox. Somebody will hit the free agent market like a year or two later, and they'll sign a player that's like worse than Devers. Like I'm not saying that, but many would argue they already did that with Trevor story.
2: That is what they did with Trevor story. Yeah. Many people I I still think there's a chance. Xander Bogarts is here, so I don't want to fall down that lane. But yeah, you got a guy in Trevor Story. We all like Trevor Story here. He's not Xander Bogarts. Um, It's just a different class. And that's what made their offer even more insulting to Xander Bogarts. But yeah, you're finding an alternative that's cheaper that you're know you going to let a homegrown leader, the guy in the clubhouse, walk away. And it's just it's not excusable when you have David Price's money coming off your books, when you have J.D. Martinez's money coming off your books, native all these money coming off your books. You're going to have Tristan Cassis cheap. You have all you have this whole setup of arms coming that's gonna make your starting rotation cheap. This is where you're supposed to blend your spending with the farm system, and you're supposed to become the Dodgers. Like this is where it's supposed to happen. And it just feels like for whatever reason, they're scared to push those chips in that way. Then
4: like again, to what I was trying to say earlier, I would get it. If the 350 was, was the ask of Xander Bogarts, who's in his 30s, it's like, all right, so this is a pretty large commitment for a player that we're getting the back end for. Okay. We understand the significance of the organization. We understand that this, this gentleman has won a championship, multiple championships here. Uh, we understand that he's, he's a leader and he's a fan favorite. So we have to weigh all that. With Devers, he's fucking 25. Like, if, if not him, then who?
2: Nobody. And that, that's the scariest part. If you're if not going to pay Rafael Devers... If you're not
4: going to pay Rafael Devers what he's asking, then who are you ever going to allocate that type of money for? Because... Uh, simply put, and, and Red Sox fans know this, not every player can win here. Not every player can play here. It is fucking hard. I What player was it? I was talking to someone... I don't know. It was like one of like the Middlebrooks or Gomes of the world that um, it was like, it's just fucking different. Oh, you know who it was? It was Johnny Damon. The night that Johnny Damon slept over my apartment. Uh, he was like, he's like, it's just fucking different here. Like it is hard to play here. It It was easier to play in New York than it was in Boston. He's like, I played in Oakland and fucking Kansas City and... Uh, Detroit, and New York, and all these places. It is hard to play in Boston. You have a player in Rafael Devers who came up here. All he knows is Boston. He's already won a championship here, and he's statistically a top five, three player in in the league right now. And and he's in his prime, and you're telling me that you – like. I don't know. I just, I don't see it.
2: If you don't pay Devers, (laughs) Eh, you're not paying anybody. David Ortiz is telling you today, I look at Rafael Devers and I feel like that's the closest thing to me. We're talking about a guy in Rafael Devers who had one arm last postseason and just absolutely dominated the postseason and was by far the best hitter on the team. And the guy everyone turned to and who delivered the big hits. Like you don't find that. And this is such a rare thing to have. And I just wish it felt like the Red Sox realize appreciated it It, and it doesn't feel like they appreciate it and that's where things get really frustrating because if you can't appreciate rafael devers you'll never appreciate anybody and that's where people get into the analytics and you know the money ball or whatever it may be it's just you need to find that bridge you're supposed to act like the dodgers and i think ultimately they will act like the dodgers and i think rafael devers i I would be shocked absolutely shocked if devers isn't here because i go back to that june lee column over the offseason the red sox Already have gone and looked at Rafael Devers, and they've they're reconsidering their philosophies. He's the one they'd break it for, basically. It's yeah. Um, so I I think they're gonna break it for him. It's just unfortunate because it feels like there's a fair chance that the casualty of it all is Xander Bogarts. Yeah. When it sh- it doesn't have to be. There's no excuse for it to be. And you can say, listen, Bogart's power. Yep, it's gone down year after year the last four years. Uh, nobody's denying that. If you if you look at slugging and whatever it may be, he's gonna hit. He's still been one of the best shortstops in baseball this year, despite the power not being there. In the defense, as much as I shit on it, you guys saw tonight's game. It's not bad. You saw those two plays. He's improved out there, and mm-hmm. anybody with eyes could tell you that. Uh, and Trevor Story played a part, but overall, beyond Trevor Story, he's improved. It's just there's no excuse for a lot of this stuff, and and that's just where I think fans are fair, you know, to be upset and look at John Henry. And if it goes this way, we're talking about give them all the shit they deserve. Yeah.
4: Just, it's Red Sox one hundred and one to sort of grease the skids. If it, I'm not saying that the Red Sox won't try to to bring both of these guys back or extend Devers and bring Bogarts back. I'm not saying that they won't try, but they are notorious for greasing the skids just in case it doesn't happen. So it's like, you know, well, we did say last year, you know, it takes two to tango, and you know they've they've got to play ball with us. It's like, dude, you fucking offered him dog shit. Like, it's not
2: a real offer.
4: No. No, Xander has yet to receive a legit offer from the Boston Red Sox, and I don't blame Xander for feeling discouraged or having borderline zero optimism that he'll he'll be back here next year. Because I mean, that's every that's every indication is that he won't be.
2: So far. If, if I were to ask you and Pete, Jake, like everybody getting in on it, uh, what would you put the percentage chances of Devers being re-signed
0: and Bogarts? Devers, I would say like eighty five, eighty to eighty five percent. Bogarts, forty five. Jared,
4: <sighs> uh, I would
0: say Devers right now. Because they'll fucking re, like the, this fan base will revolt if they don't sign one of the two. Especially if Bogarts walks this off season, like, right. and that's how it
2: plays out. Mm-hmm.
4: I'm going to say, as of today, sixty-seven percent for Devers. That's low. I, I still think it, I think it will. That's subject to change.
2: I no, I respect it. it yeah. It's just.
4: It speaks to what it is. Uh, And then Bogart's 32%.
1: Jake? I feel like Devers 80, Bogart's 40.
2: Yeah, I'd put myself right there. I think I'd go like Devers 85, Bogart's 40.
4: Yeah. Shouldn't be this way. No, it shouldn't. It should be a no brace. Both Both of the deals should already be done. Both of them. They should already be done. You shouldn't have to let Bogard's go to free agency and see that other teams are like, hey, we appreciate you. Yeah, We like you. We're even willing to show it with a financial commitment in the form of American currency. What do you say? A whole fuck ton of it. You want it? We got it. We'll even let you play shortstop. I know that other team you play for just signs shortstops and makes them play second base. We'll let you have your natural position of shortstop. What do you say, Xander? He's going to be like, fuck, yeah, dude. And then Rafael Devers is going
2: to be like, wow, I mean,
4: that's what they do to that guy. What, what are they going to do to
2: me? Like, or is he going to look and say, oh, that's a nice home you have, Xander. I wonder what it would be like if we could play together again. Yeah, let's go make a super team somewhere. Sure. Yeah. And I think the thing that doesn't get talked about enough from over the offseason was the Red Sox trying to get Rafael Devers to basically lock in on a similar deal to Jose Ramirez, uh, which is another sign of disrespect because we all know Jose Ramirez, great player, as good, like I, he's same quality as Devers right now, but extremely team friendly. So once again, you're trying to shortcut the guy. It's just constantly shortcutting people. And eventually that just, it sits wrong with people, especially when you're Devers and you're going out here and showing that you're in that conversation for one of the best players in baseball.
4: hmm And the dark and stormy is in the conversation for the best co- uh, cocktail. Is it? 100%.
2: Uh, were you and Maz throwing some back?
4: Yeah. Yeah. We did the stream on uh, Wednesday night for... uh, what? Who fucking started for the Red Sox? Wednesday, what? Yesterday, Wink. Oh, yeah. Who's now on the COVID IL, which means we need arms. He definitely doesn't have COVID. He didn't say anything about uh, the TROP not being impressed, did he? No, he's going to come back from this and be like, I am so unimpressed with COVID. I thought I was going (laughs) to be way more sick than that. I was fine. Yahoo Sports. Josh Winkowski, not impressed with COVID-19. Like I barely had the sniffles we all know the power of an MVP. They make good teams great. Like Raphael Devers and Xander Bogarts, for example. And the folks at Gosling's Rum know a little something about MVPs. All the most valuable fans and super fans across the world who have made the Gosling's Dark and Stormy. One of the most popular cocktails on the motherfucking planet. That delicious combo of smooth Gosling's Black Seal Rum and spicy. Gosling Stormy Ginger Beer cannot be beat for a summertime cocktail. Yeah, me and Maz were throwing it back on the stream. I think, Matt, that was his first uh, Dark and Stormy. You
0: never had one before. I had my nice. first Dark and Stormy uh, on Sunday night at your place. Yeah. What did you think? It was very good. Very so good. so you had the canned t- Dark and Stormy. You need yeah. to let me make you a legit yeah. Dark and Stormy. I'm not, a, I'm not like a big rum guy. It's not my favorite, but I will say that the Dark and Stormy... Pretty good.
4: Yeah. Like, so I would say I'm not just going to throw some rum on the rocks, but you you throw some Gosling's Black Seal rum on some stormy ginger beer, you make yourself a nice little dark and stormy. It changes everything. I pretty much exclusively will drink if I'm going to go the cocktail route. Uh, I'm a dark and stormy guy. Almost. I did notice
0: you had a bunch of ginger beer in your fridge. Yeah. I was wondering, I was like, "What the fuck?" Well, like, I know you don't drink that much, so I was like, "Why does he have ginger beer?" As a guy who doesn't drink that much, but that makes a lot of sense if you're a dark and stormy guy,
4: right? So I, the the folks at Goslings were nice enough to send me the uh, like the the glasses that are like the barrels. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the it's the perfect amount of uh, ounces that it's all you need for a dark and stormy. So if you make one in that glass, mm. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. yeah, I'll make you one next time. I need to go get some ice though. Um, Visit goslingsrum.com to get Gosling's products delivered right to your doorstep and get $15 off your order of Gosling's rum Ginger beer or dark and stormy in a can. If you're fucking lazy like Tony Maserati and you don't want to make your own goddamn cocktail, then you can use the promo code DRAFTKINGS 21 and over only. Please drink
2: responsibly. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment
3: that is a harsh lesson in business
2: sports is and, not uh, as simple you know as bringing a
0: bunch of big names together i didn't want to do another stomp you out speech it opened so, up so
2: many more doors
4: the show is
0: called the deal. Deal. the deal listen to the deal listen to the deal on spotify um i realized you, get you also gotta get paper towels you get paper towels for your apartment yeah i got them okay good i if got you. i got paper
4: towels and what was the other thing that i got that i needed i had like a little like shopping list i got two things but i still didn't i i needed two other things i didn't get i don't know up eggs there. no i don't have any like real food in my fridge
0: <laughs> i don't make eggs for child just <laughs> dinosaur chicken nuggets and then dark and stormies oh
4: yeah because fucking pete blackburn is whipping up gourmet meals in his house i know what, i know how to cook i have real
0: food what do you cook I do like steak, I do chicken. Uh so you grill? A grill guy. You grill. What? You grill. I don't I don't grill. I mean I, I do grill, but it's I don't like I don't grill like my steaks. What do you do to your steaks? I uh I sear and then I broil. Ooh. So you're an That's overachiever. I mean I you just fucking said that just I was yeah. like a child who doesn't know how to cook and I know how to fucking cook right. I take care of myself. All right. then make me mac and cheese then, bitch. I can make you some mac and cheese. Yeah. You gonna bake it or what? Yeah, I mean, mac and cheese is never bad, but like baked mac and cheese is on a different level. Yeah, I know. With that little like breadcrumb mm-hmm. crust on the top, mm-hmm. that's, that's that something real something.
4: shit. Yeah. Why don't you have a little, uh Tyler? When's your birthday?
0: May. Fuck. Mm-hmm. That's I'm good. sorry, Jake. I'm when's sorry. your birthday? Uh, Jake just, you just had a birthday. Had when's Pat's birthday? Oh fuck, that was a while ago. Pat's birthday, I think, is like in March. Fuck, this is bad. Everyone's gotta a, birthday just we gotta, happened. Get, we gotta get another person on the podcast who has a birthday soon. Um When's stupid ass Steve's birthday? Who cares?
2: Yeah, I know. What what about our past phone guest? When's his birthday? September.
0: Ooh, that could work.
4: Yeah. September
2: tenth. All right.
4: Mm. Mm. Mac
0: and cheese party. <laughs>
4: They'll have a mac and cheese party. I'd love that. Jake, what's your favorite
0: food?
1: Uh, I love pizza. What the fuck? I ordered a pizza tonight at dinner. You didn't even want a slice. Yeah, but that's because when I go to Yard House, I get that salad every time and it's massive. So okay. I didn't have room.
4: So you didn't have room for pizza. It's a wild
0: card. It really is a wild card. You just never know what you're gonna get from Jake. Speaking you of you do know you always know what you're gonna get from Jake fucking amazing time but you never know what it's going to entail right it's always a good time with jake that's why i want jake's takes right now
1: yeah i mean my take is honestly it's just it's been tough because at the end of june there you had a real solid chance to separate yourself as the number one wild card in the clear second best team in the al east like they were pretty far ahead of The Rays and the Jays, not in standings wise, but like you could tell if one team's competing with the Yankees, it's the Red Sox. And now we've fallen back in the pack very significantly. And we're I mean, we got the Orioles on our fucking ass, like the Orioles. (laughs) The Orioles are on our ass. So it's just, yeah, real disappointing heading into the break when you could have separated yourself and now we could maybe be in last.
4: Yeah. Yep. That's a fair take. Also, uh, Jake's takes for me. Uh, we flew to LA on JetBlue, and I said to Jake, "I was like, I swear to fucking God, man, if there's no TVs on this flight, I'm taking this thing down." And we get on the plane, and they did have TVs, but the TVs didn't work. So I was like, "I, I, I don't know how many times I gotta get on a goddamn plane that's six hours long and be stuck alone with my thoughts for that long before I learned my lesson to download some." porn or something to put on my phone or my laptop just in case of emergency if there's no tvs like how many fucking cross-country flights do i have to sit alone with my thoughts for before i learn my
0: lesson Man, i don't you gotta know. have a backup plan you gotta have a backup plan and i mean it's absurd how many planes exist in the world that don't have tvs in the back crazy of the seats. like how does that exist in 2022 like how are those planes in the sky if your plane doesn't have a TV in the back of their headrest, it should not be like FAA compliant. I agree. Like it's just too, too out of date. Like just fucking scrap that plane, turn it into scrap metal, mm-hmm. make a new plane with some TVs on it.
4: A hundred percent. Like it should be illegal. Any flight over two hours should be mandatory to have TVs. And... I said to Jake, I was like, I'm so fu-. I was like, this is a six hour flight. I'm so excited. I'm going to be able to get three Dwayne the Rock Johnson movies in. Like, I don't even know what he's been up to. I mean, I only watch. That's like my thing. I only watched Dwayne the Rock Johnson movies
0: on planes
4: because I know if they're gonna the
0: last time that I was on a plane, I watched uh, Rampage. It was on the t- on like uh, like TBS or something. Every single airline loves Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It's true uh why would one of the things that i've noticed though like for airlines recently mm. a couple of the ones that i've been on they've been like uh we don't have tvs but like if you download our app we have some free movies that you can watch from like your personal device whether it's your computer or like your uh your your iphone or whatever uh-huh. they're just trying to fucking scam you into downloading their app like right fuck you put it put, put, put it in the, the fucking, fucking seat dude
4: yeah that's american airlines does that
2: So, Jared, when you were there, did you not have a device outside of your phone to lean on? No, I I mean, I I had my laptop,
0: but I. You can't download like a full movie, like unless you prepare. Oh, you know what, Pete? You know what, Pete? The last fucking time that I
4: download, I prepared. Ah, You asked. I remember you asked me. You sent me a
0: text message. No, like you sent me a text message and your exact text message was. Uh. How do I, I, said something about, I said something about watching movies on planes. And you're like, what the fuck? How do you watch movies on planes? <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking serious, dude? It's 20. 20- this was in 2022. This was this year. You asked me, where How did I do you go? watch oh, movies on planes. That's where I went. I went to Arizona. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That was fucking preposterous to me. No. I almost I didn't want to like I didn't want to be that guy. But I almost screenshotted that text and tweeted it. I don't care. Because you asked me in 2022 how you watch movies on planes yeah you have to download it first (laughs) yes you download it so that you can watch it offline in case there's no internet
4: yeah and yeah and i did that i i downloaded two movies and one of them was the wrong movie because you and dj deceived
0: me what did we say
4: all right let me don't say don't say anything don't say anything i'm gonna i'm gonna lay this out for tyler all right so Pete and DJ do this fucking movie podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we want to have you on for this special episode because we're doing two movies. Uh, and, and we think that you'd be the perfect fit for <laughs> for this, for this episode. And I'm like, oh, great. What are the movies? Uh, Bull Durham. I was like, awesome. I love Bull Durham. I'm happy to rewatch. That's one of my favorite movies. And uh they said, The babe. No, they said either babe or it's the babe. babe. Hold on, it's babe. So I'm like, oh, it's like I get it. It's like a baseball episode Like you want me to come on and like watch some fucking uh, baseball movies with, uh, you know, Bull Durham is a classic. And then babe was the, the like the fucking John Goodman movie about Babe Ruth. So I was like, I'm flying to Arizona. When I get back, I'll watch them on the plane because I need something to do on the flight out west. And no problem. I'll just download them and then I'll watch the baseball movies and we'll, we'll, I'll go over to your house. We'll talk some baseball movies. It'll be great. So I get there and they're like, all right, let's fucking start this up. And we're talking about Bull Durham and they just start talking about a little piggy. And I'm like, that's not the Babe movie that I watched. And then Pete's like, oh, you watched Babe. We met uh, the. You watched the Babe. I watched the Babe. You wanted to watch Babe the the fucking pig, and I was like, and I was like, that's honestly like I realize I made a mistake, but
2: that's your fault. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. So this pig movie wasn't about baseball.
0: No, baseball.
2: This makes no Pete. That's what I'm
0: saying. It's The, the the concept of the podcast is that we watch two movies with the same Rotten Tomatoes score. So we picked a baseball movie for Jared, which was Bull Durham. And then we found a matching movie, which had the same Rotten Tomatoes score. And it just happened to be Babe. Right. The movie that we picked. But if if you say, hey, we want you on for
4: the special episode and one of the movies is Bull Durham, the other movie is Babe. In my head, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, the Babe Ruth movie. Because I had never seen that. I've seen Bull Durham a million times. But when you say, all right, Bull Durham and Babe, I'm thinking... Oh, it's a baseball-themed episode. Like I didn't understand the concept either. Like they didn't explain to me. Like oh, it's two Rotten Tomato scores and we compare them. They just said, "Hey, we're doing this episode. Bull Durham is one of the movies, and Babe is the other one." I was like, "All right, yeah,
0: I didn't never want to overwhelm that. you. You're you're a simple guy. We were just like, okay, I watch know. these two movies. We're gonna talk about both of them. But can the you understand up, we'll it? To you. Can you understand? I can, why? I can definitely understand. Yeah. how you mix that up, mm-hmm. and I think it, it made for a, an enhanced experience for the actual podcast. But I just still can't get over the fact that in 2022 you had to ask me how I watch how you watch movies on a plane.
4: That's the only okay. time I've ever done that. I've never I've never prior to or since then have I downloaded a movie to watch on
0: it. <laughs> Clearly airplane. should because you have now gone several times where you just had to sit alone with your thoughts for Terrible. six hours. It's terrifying. I'm, ex-
2: I'm extremely confused. Mm-hmm. So I'm not well traveled. I've been on a plane once in my life. Jesus, when God. I was when I was in like seventh Damn. grade, I went to okay. Disney. Yeah. Um, not well-traveled there's wi-fi on planes is there not sometimes
0: sometimes and then a majority relying of time, relying, right? relying on that is very uh, risky business as well like and it would be hard time to, it doesn't fucking yeah. work so yeah. and so, like
2: downloading shit's probably like impossible I'm
0: it's sure, impossible right?
4: okay. yeah i don't know where the friday night uh baseball game is but katie nolan wherever she just landed tonight said i just got off a flight with no wi-fi and no tvs So like we had we had Wi Fi, but we didn't have TVs. I don't know if what I would have done without either. Like if you didn't have either
0: I've been on the I've been in a position where I have not had either. I now bring like a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. Like I'll bring uh, like downloaded movies on a, on a tablet. I'll bring a fucking book and I'll bring my Nintendo Switch. Like <laughs> I'm gonna find something to do on that fucking plane. Yeah. And I'm not dying sitting alone with my thoughts as that plane goes down from the sky. I will be playing fucking Zelda on my Switch and yeah. my last seconds of life mm-hmm. as I go down in a burning inferno. Mm-hmm. I zero mean, chance
4: i have songs that are downloaded on my spotify so it's like all right it, worst case scenario
0: i can just listen to the same album over and over and over <laughs> uh, again so for I six have, hours so I, I do that too I, like i have like two albums on my on my uh like thing that i have like downloaded to my phone yeah so i don't need it for wi-fi i have like casey musgraves golden hour mm-hmm. and then i have heim uh and then one time i was listening to uh the uh the atlantis more set ironic <laughs> song while i was flying <laughs> yeah but then there's the line in the song that says like uh like the person that was afraid to fly and mm-hmm. then the plane went down mm-hmm. and i was listening to that song as i was on a plane and i was like i have absolutely never listened to the song in a plane mm-hmm. again fuck this yeah
4: i don't i i'm just so content with my life like there's been plenty of times where i've been on planes that i thought were going down and i'm
0: just like whatever dude like, it's I, like my it's my top number one way to die like the like biggest fear of way to die oh i don't care
2: <laughs> it doesn't seem that bad
0: it like people, oh i'm it sure it's Dep- terrible Dep- Dep- you have so much does, time to a, contemplate your so impending so much doom. time to contemplate and as like long as, it, it also depends how the plane like what happens to the plane Yeah, just like, don't land in the ocean and i'd be okay I mean, there's a chance that you're not you're not like landing at all. There's a chance that you can just fall out of the plane like that plane could just break in half and you yeah. get sucked up into the sky and you're falling to your death from like 20,000 feet or the cabin pressure. You could just pass out in the
4: plane yeah, before
0: right. it explodes or crashes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care, man. It is a horrible time. <laughs> horrible time. I, I did watch a movie once uh, on the, on a plane that was like through the actual like seat. Huh. and there was a plane crash scene but they edit like the airline edits it edits uh edit edits it jesus out. christ dude right. figure it out sorry my bad i i saw that sometimes there's a stroke but I, I guess i guess there's like a there's like a regulation that if you're showing a movie on a plane it can't show plane crashes was it final destination no it was um uh some zombie like world war ii zombie movie i forget what it was called but there's like a big uh, like excessive plane crash scene at the very beginning and they just skip all of it. That's stupid. It's like the zombie Nazi movie uh, that came out somewhat recently. Huh. Maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah. Now
4: I've been in that situation twice. And one of them was when I flew to Cleveland for the division series against uh, the then Indians and this is when Barstool was poor as fuck. They put me on Spirit Airlines and I thought oh that God. plane for sure was going down. I thought that plane was going down. Everybody and,
0: has a Spirit Spirit uh story about thinking it's going down. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah,
4: I thought that plane for sure was going down. The other time was when I flew to Arizona for the Shane Bieber Cy Young announcement. I thought for sure that plane was also going down and if you put if you put an EKG on me when the plane was going down, i was like, "Oh, this guy's just like listening to the sound of the rain. He's just relaxing voice <laughs> didn't give a fuck <laughs> I was like, whatever, dude uh but yeah, I, I don't know i'm not a I'm not one of those like afraid of uh oh I hate planes it. yeah i the only thing I'm afraid of is my own thoughts like if if I have to sit alone with my thoughts for six goddamn hours." when I could be watching Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, just kick ass and fight crime. Um, that's what really scares me. That's my biggest fear. Stop and shop, and look ahead. <laughs> the Red Sox are playing the New York Yankees this weekend, uh, who fucking suck. This team stinks. If you need to get back on track, this is the team you do it against. They lost two games to the Red Sox over the weekend. And then they play the Cincinnati Reds and they lost both of those games at home. So they are uh, kind of a fucking disaster right now. The Red Sox need to get back on the horse. This is the team that they got to do it against. And you know what? Realistically speaking, I don't think that they can throw a better
2: three-headed monster at the Yankees than what they got going on. I've all. Some are saying some that oh. Alex Verdugo might have broken Clay Holmes. Yeah,
4: I mean he fucking he gave up four runs, all earned, right? Yeah, all earned against the Cincinnati Reds. That's more runs than he's given up all year. Some are saying it. So I got asked this question the other day uh, at the barbershop. shop, like, "Oh, what's the deal with Clay Holmes?" Like, I. I ended up with him on my fantasy team. Is he like some like stud prospect that the Yankees had? And no, he was a shit bum with the Pittsburgh Pirates who threw 92 and he sucked. They, I think they like they they released him and I think they signed him back on like a minor league deal. And he was this reclamation project, really. And he sucked. he was terrible with the Pirates. And then the Yankees traded for him. I don't know what they saw, but they traded for him. And then he started throwing 99-mile-an-hour turbo sinkers. And now he's the right-handed Zach Britton. But Alex Verdugo broke him. Um, He blew – I think that was the first loss. It was the first time the Yankees lost
2: all year when they had a lead going into the ninth. I think uh, they were 48-0 when leading after seven innings. Does that sound correct?
4: Yeah, the Red Sox broke that streak. But they were like fucking whatever it was like 50-something-and-0 when they had a lead going into the ninth. But anyways, it's a three-game series. Uh, the Saturday game also on Fox, as it was last week. Nathan Avaldi versus Jordan Montgomery on Friday. Nick Pavetta versus Jamison Tyon on Saturday. That's the seven fifteen, And then what a showdown on Sunday, folks. We got a big swinging dick in Chris Sale versus Lady Balls, Garrett Cole. That's going to be a great one. I can't wait for Sunday. What do we have to do on Sunday, Jake?
1: We're recording baseballs dead during the day, and then we're watching the game at the convention place. So, So yeah, we're doing a watch party on Sunday? Yeah. Where is it at? Uh, The play ballpark in L.A. Oh, fucking. Yeah,
4: there's some people from MLB Network that are going to be there. I'll I'll know. I'll have some pals there. Uh, All right. So if you're in L.A. and you want to watch Chris Sale versus Garrett Cole come to the play ballpark. Yep. In L.A. Pete, you coming?
0: Seems unlikely, but. All right. TBD. Way to ruin the fucking evening. I mean, you put me on a flight out there. I'll have my movies loaded and I will be there but i might look into that
4: okay it could be short notice but i might do that all right
0: have you ever slept in the same bed together before um i don't think so slept in the same hotel room yeah are you sure i slept i slept oh you slept
4: in you slept in like a fucking chair
0: yeah, because uh, Steve booked a room with one bed. Yeah, he's, he's an Steve, asshole. Steve got the bed and I got the chair.
4: What an asshole. First of all, perspective. Uh, we were trying to save money. All three of us were poor. Um, now Steve is still poor. Pete owns a house and I have a really nice apartment in FMWay. So uh, once again, thank you, Jesus, baby Jesus. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, there was a time where me and... <laughs> Me and Steve had to share a bed, and Pete literally
0: slept on like what do you a call chair, that? Like an like, armoire. Yeah, yeah, right. Like not even a not even like a comfortable chair. No. Like a chair that your grandmother owns. <laughs> yeah,
2: and,
0: yeah. And I slept like a fucking vampire with my hands <laughs> crossed across my fucking stomach. Yeah,
2: we've was st- this the snoring Steve video? No, this no was the year
4: same after weekend that. though. Was-,
0: was it? Okay, I thought it was. Thought no, it was same different weekend. Room. No, okay. different room. No, different room. But we train we we switched from. rooms
4: jesus yeah, we were out we were at one Christ. hotel
0: for the friday and friday we couldn't we afford it for the whole hotel. weekend yeah yeah <laughs> that's terrible it was during a fucking snowstorm yeah it was like a bad snowstorm we had to get like a a shuttle to the hotel like half mile away and we like almost died on the highway yeah i was i driving no it was a shuttle
4: uh, good times winter weekend um yeah, we've slept in the same room before multiple times. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll figure something out. See if we can get pizza, LA. Hashtag pizza, LA. Jordan Montgomery faced the Red Sox his last time out. Five and two thirds innings, five hits, two earned runs. He gave up the homer. Um Red Sox hitters, you got Bogarts, fifteen for thirty-one, couple doubles. Christian Arroyo, three for seven, couple homers. Christian Vasquez, six for twenty-one, six for twenty-one, couple homers. Who did give up the home run to uh, in his last timeout?
2: Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. Who was it? It was at the end of the start, too, wasn't it? Yeah. JD Martinez. Was it JD? Oh, the uh, the uh, right center bomb. Yeah, into the bullpen. Okay. Uh,
4: Jamison Tyon, who, by the way, remember when I said he unfollowed me on Twitter, but he didn't unfollow me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Unfollowed me on Instagram. <laughs> wow. So, fuck Jamison Tyon. All my homies hate Jamison Tyon. Sensitive ass bitch. The fuck. I mean, if you, can't, if, you can't, if you can't have a sense of humor about the things I say about Garrett Cole just because he's your friend, like, fuck off. Like, I met and hung he's out with Jamison Tyon. We interviewed this guy. He knows I'm a good guy. He knows, his, oh, Red Sox, Yankees, Garrett Cole, he's the highest paid pitcher. He's a whiny bitch. Like, I should be able to say those things without you getting in your feels about it. So now I don't like Jamison Tyon. I didn't want it to be that way. He came on starting nine twice. He came on twice. But if you're going to be just as sensitive as Garrett Cole, I got no respect for sensitive ass bitches. I don't. I just don't. I don't have that. I don't have any. Jake, do I have patience for sensitive ass bitches? Nah, he's a
1: pussy. (laughs) Yeah, he is. Jake. That's right, baby.
4: (laughs) Yeah, he is.
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, His last. Jake calls you a pussy. You're fucked. Yeah, exactly. You are R.I.P. Yeah. Not. Not that Jake is like a pussy. It's just like, like Jake is the determining factor. Like Correct. If, you, if Jake calls you a pussy, you're That's a, it. a de facto pussy. pussy. for life. Jamison Tyon's last outing was his
4: worst of the year, and it was against the Red Sox. It was five pussy-ass innings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he gave up seven bitch-ass hits. Six pussy-ass urn runs, a walk, and three whiny-ass home runs. He sucks. A baby back bitch loss. Mm-hmm. Over his first 10 starts, he had a 230 ERA and a 235 FIP to go along with it. It's pretty good. His next seven starts, a 681 ERA. Opponent's OPS of 974. Nine homers in his last 95 and two thirds innings. Yikes. Um
0: Jameson tie on more like. Jameson cry on. Line. That's right. Mm. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. There's three
4: home runs allowed in the game. Ties the most he's allowed in a game for his career hate to see that jd three for eight double homer uh franchi vasquez they they have uh the other two home runs that he's allowed against the red sox um then you got garrett cole eight and two 305 era speaking, speaking of pussy ass bitches Eight and two, three hundred five ERA, a one zero one WHIP, and an eleven point four strikeouts per nine. Uh, since the start of twenty twenty one, Garrett Cole has six starts against the Red Sox. By the way, this stat does not include the wild card game because I had that stat. I don't even need to go back and get it. You know it's bad. I'm not even going to read this stat because it doesn't include the wild card game because I know that since the start of twenty twenty one, it's actually seven starts and it's pretty bad. He stinks. It's like a six ERA he stinks.
0: I, I legitimately love Garrett Cole. He's like my favorite Yankee because I've not fucking hated somebody's guts on the Yankees as much as I've hated Garrett Cole since like mid two thousands.
4: Yeah, in a long time. The last time I hated a Yankee as much as I hate
0: Garrett Cole is probably when A Rod first got there. Yeah, yeah. And and at that point, like I hated the entire fucking team. Yeah. And like and like it felt awesome because like every game was the game seven of the World Series because there's no chance that I want to lose to those fucking losers. Yeah. Now, anytime Garrett Cole's on the mound, like I'm watching that game locked in, like I'm sitting down 20 minutes before first pitch because I need to like amp myself up and make sure that this guy is having the worst fucking night of his life. You know what? You know what's kind of like weird looking back on it now is
4: how much we hated A-Rod when he first got to New York because A, we didn't know he was a steroid guy yet. B, he was one of the biggest stars in the league. And C,
2: he wanted to play
4: for the Red Sox. He wanted to play for the Red Sox. The league wouldn't let him.
2: Yeah. He was like... Can you imagine that reality? Oh, my God. Those like, years you rooted for A- Alex
4: Rodriguez? Well, everything would have changed. You wouldn't have had John Lester. You wouldn't have had Manny Ramirez. You wouldn't have had Nomar garcia Parra, regardless. Uh, yeah. Was it? Would it, was, it
0: would have been A-Rod. And uh, the, who are they going to trade for from the Manny Marlins? or... It was Manny was going to the
4: Rangers with John Lester. Beltran, huh? Maglio Ordonez like, was from Ordonez. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. That that's was, uh, was Nomar to the White Sox for Maglio okay. Ordonez. Okay, yeah. and A-Rod and John Lester, or Manny and John Lester to the Rangers for Arod. Um, but yeah, that's it's crazy. I mean, I get. I mean, it all worked out. I mean, we we booed the right guy for sure. Yeah. But at the time, it's like he he wanted to play for the Red Sox like really badly.
0: Yeah, it wasn't really like his fault, but it's just like the way that the, the, the cards fell. Like we yeah. had to hate him. We right. Had it's to like, fuck him. you.
4: Yeah, it was also
0: he like he like was a bitch and when he time. got to the Yankees,
4: we treated and, it like a free agency thing, but it was, yeah right it was like trade. he chose
0: them over us. Yeah. it's really not what happened. Not them. at all. No, but we had no choice. We had no choice. Like our our hand was forced. Right, he wanted to be a like he wanted to be Derek
2: Jeter. Like that that was his goal. He was copying his mannerisms, like in the dugout, like trying to follow and be Derek Jeter, like come on and then you like the
0: slap so on the slap on arroyo like mm-hmm. the 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 veritech thing like he he embraced being a yankee which i appreciate mm-hmm. because we didn't have to feel bad about like hating him yeah it just it just amped up the rivalry that much more it would have been very
4: funny if he just got traded to the yankees but like he just wore like a red Sox hat during his press conferences he's <laughs> like this is like what i, <laughs> I wear sorry, like, I these are, like this my one. street clothes like i yeah. i wear this i wear this around like I, I play for the Yankees. So I wear that uniform. But like when I go home and I play video
2: games, I just wear my
4: Red Sox stuff. I fucking love the Red Sox.
2: What's the uh, remember him and Poppy made the bet a couple of years ago uh, where he had to wear all the Red Sox. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. I always think back to that. That's just like a little peek into that reality. What it would have looked like. Yeah. I like it right now. Pretty good guy. Yeah, he's 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 all right. Uh, I think of him as the Tony Romo of baseball broadcasting. I really liked him at first, and now I kind of feel like he half-asses
0: it. I'm not even talking about him as a as a broadcaster. I just think I think he's just like a pretty likable guy.
4: Yeah. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a good guy. He's got a nice house.
0: Okay.
4: Just saying. Just saying, I'm...
0: Okay. Just saying. Is that where the- we got like a hard two hours here or what? <laughs> do we do two hours?
1: Yeah, we're at 203.
0: It is outrageous that we've gotten this long after a series loss or a series sweep. sweep. Series sweep. Just n- nothing, nothing good to talk about. So let's just talk for two hours. Talking about A Rod
4: going to the Red Sox. I didn't think we were going to start here. Yeah. I mean, people wanted to fucking bitch last. Oh, there's not enough Red Sox talk. Here's fucking two hours. Two hours of Red Sox talk. Don't ever fucking complain about this show ever again. It's the best (laughs) show. Now they're going to
0: continue to complain because they just got two hours of Red Sox talk.
4: Yeah, you're going to be like, can you guys like mix in some more stuff about what Pat likes to drink at the bar? Enough with the baseball, dude. They got swept. Have some feel. I want to know about like fucking Pete's
0: Amazon orders. <laughs> yeah, they win, they, they win two in a row against the Yankees. We don't talk about this series. They get swept. <laughs> we talk about the Red Sox for two hours. Two hours. Like, what the fuck
1: is going on yeah.
4: here? I don't make the decisions around here. God damn it, Jake. Yeah, that's on me. Yeah. It's accountability right there. Garrett Cole's last time out. Six innings, Five hits. Uh, wait, wait, six innings, five hits, five earn runs, three walks, seven strikeouts, two homers. That was against the Reds. I thought you Cole. Yeah. He, he pitched in that series. I thought he, I thought he pitched good against the Reds.
2: I can't I, I uh Yeah, I the five runs sounds like the Red Sox line. Yeah. Because that was the three run and the two run bomb from yeah, Devers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he doesn't throw his cutter anymore, which is weird. Side note when we were mentioning Jordan Montgomery, Rob Russny hit that home run, not JD Martinez. Ah, yeah, that's the one that broke that my friend's windshield.
4: Yeah, he works up in the State Street, broke his windshield. You get it fixed? Probably. It was a really nice car. I'm sure he can afford it. Um, surprisingly enough, Red Sox hitter is only 239 against Garrett Cole. I feel like they just like beat his ass every single time, but it's I guess it's just Rafi. Uh Rafael Devers, seven for 23 with six homers against <laughs> Garrett Cole. Jesus Christ. Seven for 23, six homers. Then you have JD Martinez, seven for twenty-nine, three doubles, two homers. Okay. So we get Nate. Nate back on Friday, Pavetta, Saturday, Chris Seal versus Garrett Cole on Sunday. Um,
1: Jake, what do you, you like in this series? I mean, if we were playing a real team like the Orioles, I might say one out of three, two out of three. Mm-hmm. But we're going to sweep these. You we're think this is going to be an easy sweep? Yeah, easy sweep.
4: Yeah. <laughs> real run-of-the-mill sweep. <laughs> yeah. Vintage sweep. Uh, Tyler? uh welcome back what's your prediction for this series
2: i'm looking for the red sox to respond i think you need some momentum going to the all-star break here like we talked about you got your three best pitchers you haven't had this at all this year truly a sale pavetta of all the weekend go get them last time you started three rookie pitchers against them you were fighting uphill battles time to do it and you got garrett Wittlock back in this series as well we'll see what happens with matt strom but i'm looking for two out of three and I think it starts with the Valdi on Friday. Limited pitch count, obviously. We'll see how far he can go. But uh, I definitely think they come out with a win on Sunday
0: against Garrett Cole. So Mm. I'll do two out of three Friday and Sunday. Peter? I am echoing Tyler's sentiments. I think they're going to bookend the series with wins. Going to take two out of three. Nice old uh, two out of three series win. A little bit of a a shaky loss in the middle. But I'm going to say two out of three. Feel good heading into the break.
4: Uh, I don't know why, for whatever reason, Nick Pavetta just does not pitch well against the Yankees. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Yankees see the ball well. They almost have a 900 OPS against them. 891, two doubles and 10 homers. Keep in mind, Nick Pavetta came from the fucking National League, so the fact that they have 10 home runs against him in 111 at-bats. Jesus. And, and you're playing in that ballpark? You're right. Yeah. As much as I'd love to hand an L to Jamison Tyon.
2: Uh, oh, man. Um, You'll get story back Saturday. He's not going to probably play tomorrow, it seems. Yeah, that sounds like a win then.
4: Do I like Ivaldi like in his return? I think I do. I think he pitches really well at Yankee Stadium. Well, if I told you after that, Whitlock gave you two. An- an- Ooh. All right. You know what? Nathan Avaldi, piggyback a little Whitlock. Nick Pavetta, redemption game. Tie-on sucks. Like, he actually sucks. And then Chris Sale dominating at Yankee Stadium. Raffy hitting... Three more home runs off Garrett Cole. That kind of—I don't know, Jake. That kind of sounds like a sweep to me. Sounds like a real run of the run of the mill sweep. That sounds like a legit textbook sweep. So, all right, I'm going sweep. I think the Red Sox win all three. It's a good call. Yeah, I mean, it's just it, on paper that's what it looks like to me. Thank you for not being biased. Yeah, I mean, I just you know look at it, look at it on paper. Avaldi Whitlock win. Pavetta redemption game, tie on Sox, win. Chris Sale returning to Yankee Stadium, which, by the way, you saw the video. I sat behind a home plate. I rang up 12 different Yankee hitters. That was at Yankee Stadium. And Garrett Cole, he sucks against the Red Sox. Win. That Those are three
0: wins on paper. On paper, that should be Guys, sweet. They, I mean, they may as well not even fucking play the games.
4: Yeah. Sometimes Just, things happen. You know, injuries happen. Rain ball gets slippery things get yeah we can check
0: the forecast but i think that like as of right now i think we're all just they may not well not even play like unless there's like maybe a little bit of rain ah there's a little bit of rain on uh on sunday it looks like oh that concerns me considering the yankees
2: like to play with that weather quite a bit as we look back to last year yeah you're right if
4: it doesn't rain i like the sweep if it does rain but not a lot i still like the sweep okay but I'm just prepared. I'm prepared I'm prepared for uh some fuckery. So we'll see how it goes. But for right now, I'm, I'm on the I'm on the books as a So sorry. if they
0: if they lose any games, it's just the rains fall. Like we're we're establishing that right out of the gate. Yes.
4: If they lose on Saturday but it rains on Sunday, still the rains fall.
0: Still the rains fall. Yeah. You could feel it. Like you know you can tell when it's gonna rain. Yeah. Ahead of the rain actually coming. Yes. Yeah, that'll be the that'll be the problem. Yes. Yeah. I
4: like where your head's at. Okay. Alright. Uh, I think that covers it. Nice little meaty Red Sox podcast that uh people wanted to complain that they didn't get enough Red Sox talk. Too much too much banter. Oh the banter, you don't like the banter. <laughs> well now you get your Red Sox
1: drunk. Talk. Yeah. drunk. Clean it up. Yeah. Clean it up.
4: Couldn't have been more sober. Couldn't have been more sober. Because you, you know that when we are drinking, we're drinking responsibly. So thanks again to our sponsors, Blue Moon, Goslings, Dark and Stormy. We appreciate you guys. Um, Enjoy this weekend of baseball, Red Sox, Yankees. And then uh, if you're in L.A. on Sunday, come to the fucking, what's it called? Play ballpark. The play ballpark. I'll be there. Jake will be there. Pete will be there. Quite possibly. <laughs> yep. So come on out and uh, come watch the Red Sox in Los Angeles, California, uh, as we begin our all-star game festivities. We want to thank you for listening to all two hours and however many minutes of this podcast that we recorded here for you tonight. Um, it's, uh, it's almost 2 a.m. on on the East Coast. Out of control. We're going to let Tyler go to bed. Tyler, what time have you got to be up for work, man? Oh,
2: we got a good two hours and 10 minutes. Oh, fuck yeah, dude.
4: All right. I,
2: I feel
1: good. Feel strong. Yeah,
4: you feel strong. You're going to be amazing. You're doing great. All right. Thank you. We'll see
2: you uh, Monday.
3: Buenas noches, amigos.
2: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger.